You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 125, an Eric Larson interview. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that longs for the days of the NES cavemen. My name is Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. I'm Raven Perez. And we are on again for another episode of the Savage Fincast, the internet's only Eric Larson Savage Dragon-based podcast. Uh, We're going to keep this really brief because we have for you this episode a massive, epic-length, novel-length interview with the man Eric Larson himself. Uh, where we 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 take a very in depth like chit chat about uh, events in Savage Dragon two sixty three and two sixty four, uh, two very momentous issues. One slightly more momentous than the others, perhaps. But we're not going to delay. We're going to go right into it. You're not even going to hear my co host voice. We're going right now into the interview, and we are joined by Eric Larson once again. Uh, we have kind of a you know because of. Uh, the 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 uh, kind of the importance of the latest issue of the Savage Dragon. We thought it was important to get Eric's like firsthand comments on it. As for all of us, we're so impressed with uh, Savage Dragon two sixty four. Um, we just really just wanted to pick your brains about it. All right, thanks for coming all on. Right. Sure, I got it out in front of me so I can I can be reminded of what the hell I did. So, should we should we talk two sixty three since we haven't talked about that first before we jump into two sixty four, or would that be too much to ask? Sixty three. All right. Because I feel like well, for us, uh, the murderous menace of Mako. Yeah, I mean. It was, I think I counted, it was like 231 days between 262 and 263, and we were like so stoked to get 263. <laughs> that is so, it's like, so many days in there, I was like, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. I think I've said it. I think I'm, I think I'm just, I'm just not going to do anymore. That's it. It's over. And it's not, it's not happening. Okay, a little weird to leave it here, but here we go. <laughs> was that was that a serious thought? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. That that's every month. Really? 30, yeah. Thirty years. I felt like for as long as that period was, and it got a little scary. When two sixty three appeared, it was like you didn't miss a beat, though. It, it felt like one of the I don't know. It was just it's something about an issue with Mako that always makes a terrific. Mm-hmm issue especially when it's a one-on-one fight with malcolm um 
Yeah, you feel that way? <laughs> on him, I was like, God, I remember why I killed him. I can only draw <laughs> his head from <laughs> a, like a select few angles, or he looks just really retarded. He just yeah, looks he, super, he's like a super sphere on legs <laughs> from certain angles. Like, <laughs> like what, what the hell is this guy? What, what is this all about? Uh, it's funny. Back in any form. <laughs> When you go back and look at like Mako and the the Ajax comics issues, he's really kind of funky looking too. There it looks like a dolphin or something on the side. So there's so many of those appearances. I mean, you can look for isolated panels and in all other appearances where you're like, oh, he just looks like the wimpiest possible dude. Like when he is <laughs> hanging out with with Dart and on their little. Live, love you, island, whatever the hell it was. It's like there's something suing all mopey, and it's like, you, I, I could take you at this point. But I think that's what's amazing about the character, like a shark guy that kind of look you, you. Some somehow you get these expressions out of him that that are pretty cool. <laughs> and I guess I know you're saying you have trouble drawing him, but it doesn't come off that way at all when you look at these issues. It's just fantastic action. It's something about a hulking guy with shark teeth. You know, and, battling, and I, and I don't, and I don't think Mako looking vulnerable at times is a, is a weakness. I think it's actually makes his character. <laughs> All right, All right. I'll, I'll, you guys win. You guys win. So unkill him again, and we'll try I'll again. <laughs> I'll just have to have somebody else get that blood. Okay, <laughs> he's got more blood. He's got more blood. We can just cast that out like Halloween candy. It is pretty fun seeing him like in the water. Was that like a you know a, a choice to to really like push that to get like the shark in the water look like kind of in the the Atlantis arc where he was you know <laughs> taking out the Atlantean and flying around underwater that was cool. But to see him here, it's almost like Jaws coming out of the water. Jaws, it's, baby, it's there's, pretty there's cool. A rip, there's a rip off panel from Jaws. Really? Yeah, where where uh, all the all the people are running towards shore. Yeah. That's just photo from Jaws. Is it really? Yes, that's Dude, awesome. Yes. <laughs> it's like I, I've got to incorporate this. We got a shark guy fighting in the water. Let's, yes. let's do that. So yeah, it every now and then I'm like, oh, I gotta work this in. Nobody will get this but me. But it makes <laughs> that. I don't know. I think people have heard of Jaws. <laughs> no one's gonna realize he's swiping. Nobody, I don't know that he will go like, wait a minute, this this picture, this seems eerily familiar. I think maybe if you stumbled across the still sometime later, you'd be like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, I told the I told the boys when we did that review, I was like, guys, I was like, we're getting a fucking Mako Jaws scene. I was like, this is fantastic. We it's been thirty years <laughs> and you've resisted the temptation. And then right there at the end, you pulled the trigger. Here we go. Fantastic. And we got Mako with the fin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mako with the fin, finally. There it is. I got to um, say that that bit, that bit where Amy like puts her fist through his eye and then he rips her arm off with his eye and that's what gets the blood in him. That's, that's pretty wild, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, kids, comics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
know, I'm not I'm not uh, seeing a lot of other people do stuff like that. <laughs> you know, they're they're weak. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys even doing? I've noticed with like um you know the newer issues that your your ink lines I feel like you've you've gotten a little tighter and thicker with your inks. Is that kind of a reflection of what you're doing with ant with being more loose and thinner and just kind of playing off the two things or is what, you know, why the change kind of. Uh, part of this issue was drawn on a tablet. Okay. Oh, interesting. So yeah, I got a, I got a Wacom tablet and I was like, I, uh, Started on on uh, Ant, like new, the new issue of Ant had so much stuff that was directly out of Savage Dragon. I was like, so I need to re-ink this whole thing in this other style. This is going to be a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> I had to blow everything up to the to the right size and then trace it off, and and it's got to be on a white box. And I was like, or. I could just use this dead line here on this and buzz on through here and see how that goes. And so I, uh, the, the new ant issue six, um, page one was drawn on the, on the boards and pages two through 20 were all, were all just me re-inking it on, uh, on the tablet because it's like I can use a deadline here. It's super easy. I don't have to do thick and thin except for what I'm filling in blacks. Huh? Let's see how that goes. Well, I don't so. think any any of us noticed. No, had no idea. I think, I think it's less noticeable in Ant and a little more in Savage Dragon if your attention is called to it because there's some stuff where, especially when you get to some background characters going, wow, those background characters look really thoroughly done and really complete considering how tiny they are. Well, that's the thing about digital inking is that you can zoom in and get that yeah. detail yeah, where you, you don't, can normally can't. So it's like going, oh, I should, really should have a panel where people are being loaded onto an ambulance. Like, I'll just do that. <laughs> that's, it's really tiny in this panel. How, how, people being loaded into an ambulance. You can tell that it's there, but it's so small. And if I was doing that on, on actual paper, it was, it would be, it would be difficult. So. Now the only, the only thing I thought might be digital was some of the speed lines and some of that on some of the pages, they looked a little, uh, they looked a little digital, but now nothing else jumped out at me. Fascinating. Yeah. It's, yeah. You can, I don't know if you can, look through it and be like, oh, it's right here. Right here is where it goes from this to that. Um, yeah, the speed lines are, are it's kind of the same as I do it regularly because I'm just, I'm just using, uh, I just use a ruler on here because I don't, I don't know how any of this stuff is supposed to work. So I'm still like on Photoshop. So I'm sitting here going, okay, I'm going to put a vanishing point over here. And get out my freaking T square and use it on my Wacom <laughs> like like an idiot. Like, no, there's all sorts of new, these cool tools you could use and different programs. Like, fuck, you're talking to a caveman. I don't know anything about this stuff other than press it and make it go. 
so there's a bunch of like stupid in joke things that I was able to do because it was digital because you can just drag things on and then draw on top of them. So like when when um, Jackson is making a, that sandcastle, oh the Doctor Doom's castle, Doctor Doom's <laughs> yeah. I actually, I actually recognized it because John Byrne had done the same thing, probably traced it, but I was like, that has to be Kirby. But I found the John Byrne, I was looking at it, I was like, that has to be Dr. Doom's castle. Like, there's no way it's not. Yeah, it's just, just like exactly his castle. So. <laughs> Eagle Eye oh, Craig, Eagle Eye Craig called that, he was like, it's got to be Dr. Doom's. Yeah, it's like, uh, here's, here's a little joke for you. <laughs> we hadn't noticed that anything was digital, but the one thing that we had noticed is that it did seem like some of the supporting cast, and you mentioned this yourself already, so I'm just saying, but like uh, there's a police officer, and it like it just like that guy, he doesn't have Larson face. He's, he's not like just a Larson throwaway face. I feel like he used a photo reference on that one oh, guy's what? face. Where what was that? that? The cop in the uh, two sixty three. Oh, no, that's, that's me ripping off something else, and that was drawn. <laughs> that is that that those those guys at the very beginning where they're going. There's yeah. no one here. Streets deserted. That is ripped off directly from Fantastic Four number one. <laughs> awesome. So there's two. There's two panels. Uh, the panel one with two. the cop on the bottom. Panel, like panel the two panel. where there's cops just then there's like a off panel gun being held and. They're looking around, and then that <laughs> shot of the two cops at the bottom—that's like right out of FF One. I was just yeah, I'm that just cop like, looks like old school Kirby, like yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, for whatever reason, I just thought that corny dialogue of something strange is going on. It's like ah, oh, <laughs> oh, chef's kiss, this old crap, Stanley stuff. It's just yeah, it's just straight out of that. Just. Again, I am amusing myself. <laughs> this uh, this Jeremiah Youngblood guy is pretty cool looking character. It looks like a mix between Dum Dum Duggan, uh, Cable. I don't know, Nick Fury yeah. kind of guy. Uh, where uh, you know, naming him Jeremiah Youngblood, I gotta imagine there's some kind of intent to kind of tie it in with Youngblood or something, or no. Uh, yeah, kind of, because I had had characters say in the, in the past, um, like when Rob lost Youngblood and it was given to somebody else, I was like, I'm going to find a way to use Youngblood in my book, but I'm going to make it just like he's a guy. Uh, <laughs> early, like way earlier when Captain Tootsie shows up, um, there, there's, they keep mentioning Youngblood in that, in that story, like... Young blood sent me or something like that. Yeah, and I was like, no, at that point he's a, in in my head. He's a guy, and okay. I was gonna have like, in, in the next issue like Young Blood's coming. Next issue, <laughs> and it just had to be like this dude shows up. <laughs> like what the hell? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that would be great. The last panel, like next issue, enter Young Blood. <laughs> oh hi, Young Blood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And he comes walking in. Hey, get, hey, gang! But uh, yeah, it's an, uh, another stupid thing. That, oh, this is funny to me. <laughs> uh, well, does that funny mean to us too? All yeah, I do at this point is indulge my own inner inner child. 
Is that, so, does that mean yeah. we're going to see more of him? Or is it kind of just... Uh, I expect so. I expect that he'll be something of a presence. Like, he'll be the probably the dude that Malcolm reports to when down the line. It was noticeable that... You uh, know, how much do I spoil all this, like, upcoming crap? <laughs> Don't spoil it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of with covers that have already been out there. Right. You, you, and this sets it up like, hey, Malcolm's going to be moving. So, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. We, we've got some serious, like, like cover reveals over the last month. Uh, I don't know if we want to spoil it for the listeners. It's up to you. Well, know. we're not going to talk the details of the contents. I'm just saying that we got the, <laughs> we got the move to San Francisco. We got the wedding. All that stuff's out there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the, she's first, Angel's been engaged for freaking ever. So yeah. having, that, having that be a wedding, that's like, all right, it's about goddamn time. <laughs> and that's in 266 was the solicitation for that? 267. 267. 266 is the move, right? The move. So, yeah, so that. Yeah, 265 is the one with uh, Samurai giving it to Malcolm in the nuts. Right. Yeah. On the cover. Yeah. There's no, there's no nut punch in the actual interior of the comic. Oh, <laughs> sorry to say. What a rip off. <laughs> a cover that doesn't portray what happens on the inside in comics. What? Yeah. And he's not wearing the same sweater either. It's just <laughs> one crushing disappointment after another. <laughs> It does seem like, uh, at least with the you know these these two issues coming out um, month to month, two sixty three, two sixty four, seems like two sixty five is coming right along, and then you've got the solicitations for the next two issues. It seems like you're back, like on a roll. Is that yeah, kicking ass? I, I'm hoping that that is the case. We'll we'll see how it goes because I'm kind of on again, off again in terms of. Uh, doing it digitally or doing it on paper or, or whatever. Cause there's just certain things like the next issue, the two, whatever it is, two sixty four was, was all digital, except I was pulling things in from various comics and then making adjustments to them because there there are a bunch of things in there where I like, I want this to seem like this scene from this issue the best way to do that is to have it be that shot, but change Dragon's fin to that little turd that he's got. <laughs> and, yeah. And, I, that, you know, so, that, so that when you're reading it and you're familiar with the other stuff, your, your brain goes, this seems familiar. This is where these events in these two different worlds kind of come together and become one. I get it. That makes some sense. It's pretty amazing that you did kind of all those big childhood scenes already in Savage Dragon. So when you did this issue, it is familiar. And so you do get that idea that these events have happened across realities just in a little bit different ways. And having those callbacks really emphasize that. It was That was really fun. Uh, just kind of picking out those swipes and being like, I know where that's from. Like, I've seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was fun to do. 
but there's so much stuff that I could not possibly get around to squeezing in here because it just, I, I was, especially towards the end, it's like, and Angel's an adult. And <laughs> <laughs> well, since, since we kind of just, just covered 20 years in this page, <laughs> since we right. were jumping into 264, can you talk about some of those things that hit the, the cutting, you know, that, that got cut well, off? And I, a lot of it just ended up being cut out because it was like, what does this add to the overall story here? Like, we know, having read graphic fantasy one and two, we know that Mako is a good guy in there. So right. do I do stuff where, let me establish that that dragon fought Mako when he was kind of first got to be Mako and was kind of a bad guy. And they were up on a building and kicking the crap out of each other. And then they made friends later on, and then here's his, here's his big shark buddy pal. Do I do that? Does that add anything? I don't even know. There was, there was a, some stupid story I had where Rock decided he was hot for Dragon's Lady, and <laughs> they swapped brains. And, and it's just it was such a bunch of stupidity. Sounds, sounds awesome. awesome. <laughs> it, 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 it's like, okay, maybe I could do something there, but it also got so much of the stuff I just don't remember at all. And so it's really frustrating when I'm trying to put this together because there's stuff where I'm going, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember for sure who Dragon's second son's mother is. <laughs> I, I don't remember who that was did he get some other girlfriend was it the same one and i don't remember why uh i i remember that that uh fonty decided to age up his his first kid right and, and the whole bit of him walking out going uh, i'm a boy was <laughs> that was right out of my old comics fantastic <laughs> what i don't remember is why they got to be adults later on I think it was just, I want to do more superheroes. <laughs> Let's just turn these guys into adults now for no reason. Um, but I don't remember. Probably Fonty was involved because he's involved in every lazy thing that I ever wanted to do. Well, what is something I noticed is that Fonty seems to be a lot more important in this version of the universe, which yeah. I like because we all like more Fonty in our lives. <laughs> Yeah, and he's a lot shorter too, and that doesn't <laughs> doesn't make any goddamn sense. But it was like, wow, that's the way you did it back in the day. It looked kind of like a Jawa, even though <laughs> Jawas were a thing yet when I was doing that. I thought he looked a little yeah, bit like the Time Trapper, honestly, and uh, other other cloaked mass uh, cloaked dark figures. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily. I don't know where a lot of this stuff comes from. I know there's a lot of characters that I forgot because I just I just don't remember what they look like, and I didn't have any uh, record of them, and that became a real problem. Yeah, there that's, a, a, that's the tragedy of all this is that you don't have your old comics to reference, so it's all from yeah, memory. I, I have none of that, so um, it was a real problem because I was like, I know I did like 55 comics 
in this particular series that I'm mostly referencing. I, and I ignored all the Deadly Duo stuff because Deadly Duo had their own series that was probably did 15 Deadly Duo comics before, you know, whatever. And those were all lost. <laughs> what was your age between, you know, doing the, the, the Sergeant Marvel great greatest comics or whatever? How, what, what was the span of your age? Like, when did you start and when did you kind of? I started, I was um, in fifth grade is where I really went gung-ho into doing this. I, did, I had done a little bit prior to that when I was living up in, in Washington. We moved down to California and uh, I just had nothing to do. We yeah. just had bought a plot of land and we were, we were, we totally were hippieing it. My dad had built his own funky house in the woods and it was just stretched plastic and <laughs> boards and stuff. <laughs> and it was just the most ill-conceived. <laughs> so I was like, fuck, I got nothing else to do. I'm going to make some comics. <laughs> So I just went went whole hog into that and started started to just I didn't know that really series had issues one and two and three. I just that was lost to me. So like my first comic I did was it's it's dragon number 53. (laughs) Just mimicking real life. (laughs) Yeah. And I did a powerhouse comic. Uh, I know I had done a, a one issue of Super Fantastic Hero Team, so there, <laughs> there was one of those, which was almost exclusively Origins, and every story was basically somebody be, somebody being a fuck up, and then Fonty going, "Hey, you like superpowers?" <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then bam, now you do. So it's like Steve Williamson, I I'm a football player. I got completely mangled oh i'm never playing <laughs> football again and then fonty comes along what about now zippity bop it's like oh now he's zeke and he's a big huge guy oh i think i'll play football it's like that's your story okay that's cool well i think craig or craig or raven brought this up when our last episode that it kind of fonty giving all these people powers is kind of similar to what the creator did or johnny redbeard and all them that you kind of re- did revisit that only from like the villain's perspective. Yeah, there's there's that, and and it's it's obviously he's my stand-in for uh, Shazam. Yeah, gave Billy Batson powers, but mostly it was just my my loathing of origin stories. Oh yeah, <laughs> just, just a big waste of time. Why can't <laughs> everyone just wake up in a burning field? It's magic. It's like. Come on, man. We, nobody cares. I mean, most origins are stupid. There's like a handful that are really character-defining origins where you go, oh, Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered. That's super important. You know, Spider-Man bitten by a radioactive spider. But it's like, do we really, does it really matter how Electro got his powers? Not really. All we need to know is that dude's firing electricity around and, you know, whatever. How he got to be is kind of the least important part. But we kind of dwell on all these origins of all these characters. And and quite often, those origins are pretty dumb. 
So this is cut to the chase. We got a big shark guy showing up. What's he all about? <laughs> <laughs> He's wanting to bite some people. Oh, who'd expect that? You know, it, it is kind of a thing where most of the characters in Savage Dragon we meet are already, like, established. You know, they've already got their powers. They've already got the costumes. Just just roll with it. You don't even need to go back. Yeah, mostly with Mako, I want to know what was up with that original getup of his where he had big old cables going over his arm. <laughs> what did the pipes what mean? Was, was, did that serve any useful function? And it who was made the 90s. That? It did. You gave poor Sam Keith hell. <laughs> In his entire Mako, like there's not a similar Mako from page to page, and it's the coils. They come on, they come off. Sometimes they're everywhere. Sometimes they're real tight. Uh-huh. It was just super villain fashion, man. Those guys yeah. had to be flashy in the nineties and then, yeah. you know you gotta look cool. they got older and more mature and they decided they didn't need that. I'm just gonna wear a pair of brown trousers and some <laughs> found <flesh>. Namor's underwear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so just kind of a follow up on that, like what I've been curious about was so you're 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 starting these comics in fifth grade. You've done like 40 or 50 of them. What's the time span on that? Are you drawing your own kind of eight and a half by 11 comics all the way into your teens and then jump into doing your self-published Ajax graphic fantasy? Yeah, like, yeah. like uh, uh, graphic fantasy is when that's over. I don't think I did any, uh, any of those eight and a half by 11 things after that. Maybe one but I, I think it, I think I was done. I think it was like, all right. I'm, so some, I'm, I'm in the big time now. So some of those comics towards the end are like graphic fantasy style, like that level of <laughs> artistry. Like you're except you're done, really improved. Except, yeah, they were pretty. They were much improved. Oh man, uh, it's such a bummer. I wish we could see. They them. were all drawn in pencil form. Nothing was inked. Although there was a couple issues in the middle there where I did it in ballpoint pen for whatever reason. But most of them were eight and a half by 11. Um, initially, I would just staple them up and then just start drawing them. And the comics, as I, as I went through the comic, the front would get more and more bent and mangled and terrible. So by the time I got to the end, like the last couple pages were pristine and they're rest of it was just this curled wad of paper. Oh, you, you, you were stapling them before you started drawing them. Yeah, like an idiot. <laughs> like, I, I had no idea. Uh, and then my, my buddy Aaron Katz, when he was making comics, he would draw them and then staple them. And I was like, oh, genius. I got to do that. That's the way to go. So, yeah, once that trick showed up, then then everything was, was awesome. <laughs> were you so, like, at- hundred pagers like that just, right. get it. just getting torqued you're in terrible shape and at some point i went went in and gave a lot of my old comics new covers because the covers were just these rags i don't know i don't know what i was doing <laughs> that's how you learn yeah and and i wish i could remember it all it's just it's infuriating to me that i couldn't remember more of what I did because I know at one point I just Sergeant Marvel's greatest comics became a reprint mag for like 10 issues in a row 
where I was just like, I'll just take this comic that was Dragon number 63 and make it an issue. Now I'll take this powerhouse and make it an issue. But I'm sitting here now going, well, what were the other issues? Because that's two, and I thought that there was like 10 of them. Well, and who were you doing it for? Were you doing because you just wanted to draw a new cover? Because they're all personal comics. <laughs> yeah, no, I just was, it's it's sort of what, what Savage Dragon has become where I'm just, it's just my dumping ground for all, <laughs> every comic, anything that I do. It's like, it'll eventually show up in Savage Dragon. You like that miniseries? It'll eventually be just, I'll have to do another 100-pager at one point and I'll just drop all the Deadly Duo stuff. Don't worry, it'll it'll be there. Did you ever get a like how to draw comics the Marvel way, or is everything just kind of self-taught from looking at comics? I, I had that. I had that eventually, and then it was like, oh, you draw them big. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> the epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's pretty I, amazing. I, yeah, all this stuff. It's it's all this this learning process of figuring this stuff out. I don't know how to letter. Oh, you do? I don't know. It's weird. When you've been drawing Dragon right along for you know, whatever the past 30 years, are there times where you're drawing something and like you remember something from your old comics where you're like, oh shit, like, I, I, like a memory comes back or something that you feel you need to write down or is it kind of at this point? I mean, I've, tr- I've tried to make a, a, a list of, uh, you know, i did a number of one through 55 of, of that book and try to fill in all the stuff. It's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> there are just huge gaps where I'm like, I don't remember what happened here at all. Uh, so- I kind of remember some of the deadly duo stuff a little bit. Cause that was like a team up book where every issue was, they, they had some guest star and they would just, it would just be mayhem because I'd be like, hey, hey, the Hulk shows up. How's it going, Hulk? And whatever. So so what I'm curious about is that um, you say you a lot. You don't remember a lot. Of, many details are lost, but I'm curious. Was was William being found in a burning field always there or was that a, like a, you know, something you added to this one just to call it back to the origin of the dragon? Um, it wasn't. Yeah, there was no William in a burning field. But uh, if you look at graphic fantasy number one, in that swirly memory thing, there's a tiny little picture of Dragon, like waking up in a hospital with his head on a pillow going, oh, what's going on here? (laughs) And he's got a bandage across his forehead. So... I was, and I knew that I had the, 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 you know, dragon from a red planet when I initially, initially started. Mm. So at some point I did have that idea that the alien origin dragons an alien and he doesn't know it. And he woke up in a hospital. So I didn't have the burning field, but I did have the hospital and that, and I got it's it's all so lost to me at this point. It is it's too bad because it had been years since I had looked at those comics because there was no reason to look at them. I was sitting there doing 
Spider-Man or doing whatever. So probably the last time I really like intensely was, was giving a shit about him and looking at him was when I was working on uh, graphic fantasy. So that would have been when I was 19. So, you know, 10 years later is when image starts. I'm 29. Mm-hmm. And then at that point it's, it's been 10 years. So like, Oh, what can you remember of those? And, and so on. And, and when was Com- the fire? Was uh, the fire image? was 91. So just before image. So all that stuff was yeah. already gone. I see. Yeah. So everything's gone. Um, my, I had given my dad copies of stuff as I was doing it. So he had graphic fantasy. He had, uh, all the Spider-Man stuff and Doom Patrol and all that. So once the fire came about, he was like, you want these? <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, I would. So there were, so there were some of that, um, and I got copies of some stuff from other places too. I don't remember. Well, this sort of some, dovetails. Some, I was going to say this I'm sort sorry. of dovetails dovetails into your recovery of this other dragon, uh, Paul Dragon story, the other day. Um, although it is a story yeah. that you have reprinted in the past, it is that you you have recovered the original art for it, which must be really yeah. nice. Yeah. Is no, that, I didn't. I for, I had forgotten that that uh, Paul Curtis still had it. And then uh, Paul uh, passed away recently, and then his sister was like, "Hey, you want this?" <laughs> oh, hell yeah! That's pretty amazing <laughs> that she like looked well, you up she, to get it back to yeah, you. Yeah, it was it was nice, you know, because I've I've known her and I've known her brother for for quite a while, because um, you know I was doing fanzines, and Paul Curtis was a big fanzine guy. He had done these mini comics and he had gotten tons of people to, to do mini comics for him. And he had published those and was sending them out via the mail. And I bought a set from him and he was going to do this book called plenty O comics and get a, a bunch of people to contribute to it. And I was one of those who was going to contribute to it. So I did a 10 page story for him, but they're tiny. They're like, they're really, the original art is just, my you and, and i hadn't really realized how small it was until it was sent back and i was like "Ooh, this is this page is less than the size of a comic book well each really, page was like a half page was it intended to be printed in that like format? yeah because it, because there were like mini comics hmm. so you know you don't draw mini comics the size of a regular art all of everything would get lost so you'd draw them really tiny so that when they were shrunk down they still were the semi-legible and just um, for the listener this is the angel fueled quake uh kind of short story which you've printed a couple of times uh yeah. at least the backup once in in the no, savage dragon archives mini series you put out was it called archives what savage yeah Dra- it was yeah. in savage dragon archives it was also in the dragon that five issue mini okay. series yep. i don't remember which issue it ended up in and then it was also in Dragon, I want to say 179, something like that. So you definitely had like clean kind of either scans or copy yeah, or copy, but not copies the... somehow. Um, I'd also 
done a story for another guy, another fanzine guy, and I don't know that it was ever published. It was a dragon story. And I think it was super short. I think it was like five pages. And I think he has the art too, but getting it back from him has been, I'll pester him every now and then on Facebook and he'll be <laughs> like, all right, I'll look for it. And then never does. Was that something that you've never printed before? You don't have copies of? Yeah, I don't have copies of it at all. So oh, man, I don't, and it's holy stu- grail. It's, I think it's really dumb. I think the story is basically, um, here's why Dragon's girlfriend's tits aren't drawn so big anymore. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it was really like, it was really like me being my inner Roy Thomas, like, let me explain this thing that nobody's Nobody asked for it. <laughs> that makes me want to read it more. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's like, it's really the kind of thing that you want to print just to show people that no, 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 I have gotten better. Look, <laughs> how bad it was. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if this ever shows up, I'll just be like, please don't judge. But I actually committed this to paper when I was 19 years old. So, uh, no, just but, go- but uh, there was a, a mini series that, uh, uh, Eclipse had put out one point called um, Giant Size Mini Comics. Right. And I did, Paul Curtis put together one of those issues. He put together issue four of that. And I did a one page dragon thing for him. Yeah. You've reprinted that too, I think, right? Yeah, I printed that too. But in that, there's a panel which is a bunch of my characters going. You know, because the story was basically Dragon bugging me, going, "Hey, when are you going to give me my own book?" And then I, at the end of it, I'm like, "Gotta go," and just kind of ditched him. And then I go into another room, and there's a million of my other characters going, "Hey, when am I getting my own book?" And that was the the punchline. Was uh, was breaking the panel ended up being super helpful because I was just examining it with a, (laughs) you know, blowing it up, going, oh, that character I'd forgotten completely (laughs) about them. And there was one character called Android Man who I had drawn his head in that shot, and I had drawn his body in a graphic fantasy, so I was able to go, oh, I can put this guy back together again. Is that the robot with the big head and like yeah, the reptile it's the eyes? Robot guy that's, that's running around with those guys, and I have no idea what he's about. Yeah, he's I just destroyed. <laughs> what about that like Superman looking guy with the curly Q like logo on his chest? Yeah, that was that was Mini Man, and, and I would do Mini Man. I would me and uh, my buddy Chris Vito would do Mini Man comics because it was they were super tiny. <laughs> We did super tiny Miniman comics to go with him being a mini character. And I don't even remember. It, I just saw that he was he was flying with somebody in giant size mini comics. <laughs> and so I'm just guessing that it's, you know, mini girl or mini skirt or something. I don't know. <laughs> mini skirt. What, the other but, um, what, what about that um, size uh, shifting like uh, woman with the afro? Does she have a name? Um, uh, she was just, I think she was just giant girl. Giant girl. 
Yeah, so, I mean, super lame. <laughs> a lot of the characters were lame. I think this blonde woman <laughs> was called Black Cat, which makes no sense. <laughs> but she's, um, I don't know that her costume was originally white like that, but I don't remember what color it was. In fact, I only know what her mask looked like because she was in that group shot. So I just made up a costume for her here, basically thinking she probably looks something like this. I mean, this that's the kind of crappy costume I would have come up with. Then, so I'll do that. And that's too much of this is me me just going, I gotta I know these details need to be filled in. So I'm filling him in now because I'm not I I'm I'm never gonna get access to more information. My right. memory's never gonna get any better. Um, like Half Man, I don't really know what he looks like. Other than he was in the center spread of graphic fantasy, but he but he was cropped, so you don't I didn't see what the rest of his costume looked like. So I just made up some there, crappy fifth grade. There's that panel in graphic fantasy where they're all watching the projector. So you got like a million little heads and you can yeah. be like, yeah, it's like, Oh, <laughs> there it is. The flame. I got to do something with the flame. Like, That's the fire guy. I assume the, yeah. the, the human so, torch. They you had everybody had a, a human torch rip off. <laughs> Major victory. That was like that female Asgardian looking character, right? Is that, or no. Yeah, she was really invented at the real tail end. There is a um, issue fifty of Sergeant Marvel's Greatest Comics. That was when I was like, I'm going to make there be three different complexes with three different dragons running each of them, and then each of the teams going to have like a million guys. And then I was like, well, I don't have a million guys, so I better come up with a bunch more. Um, so that was when I invented Horridus right around that time because uh, we had this big encyclopedia kind of book and I was looking through there for anything. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's a here's a lizard that's a horned lizard called Horridus something or other. Was it scientific? <laughs> I'll use the Horridus part and make her look like this. So Great Jesus. visual, though. There were some some others that were based on dinosaurs and just stupid stuff. Is that guy with the the red cape? I think I see him in graphic fan. He's got like kind of a bird beak or something. I don't know. Like he's got some weird, Uh, like dark nose. Sort of a Robin type for, for Sergeant Marvel being a Batman type. Uh. Black beak. Black beak. (laughs) (laughs) Dumbest possible guy. (laughs) <laughs> like like um, uh, mental man shows up in here, and I don't I don't remember what he looks like at all. <laughs> you just remember the name. I, I just go. I kind of remember that he was orange, but I I just don't remember that well as to what he looked like. So I know they fought him. I knew that was important because that was when he and Star met. So I gotta use him. Um, but like even in that, that was like the first issue of Sergeant Marvel's Greatest Comics was those guys came together. And then uh, the backup story, they fought uh, Candyman. But Candyman was a totally different design. He looked like a, a, a head on a giant candy bar. It was just like, 
and it said <laughs> like the Hershey bar. candy bar, <laughs> and he just it was yeah, it was like a Hershey bar, but yeah, like a you know like that Johnny DC guy where you go, we can only draw him from one angle because <laughs> it doesn't work because he's not three dimensional character at all. It's like uh, he turned he turned a desert into bubble gum, and they were stuck, and it's like oh, this is awesome, but. <laughs> Fantastic. It's like, can I put that in here? Is there room enough? Now I, I got too many shots of Dragon putting on his glove. So <laughs> I got to say, uh, I mean, we talked about this when we reviewed the issue um, last week, but um, which I don't that that podcast just came out, right? Our review of that just, just yeah. came out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, we were just. You know, I was just amazed how like warts and all you just included everything as it was because you did a, a whole big thing on the forums years ago, which we record like we have recorded of you going through like every issue that you remember and what you remember. And it's like all here. Nothing's changed. <laughs> you left names in like candy and sugar. It's so, like you you just went straight on your childhood creations into this uh, exactly I, as they were. I it tried as much as I could. Some of it did have to be invented now because I just didn't, I just didn't remember. So like uh, star had no, in his secret identity, he had no job dragon in his secret identity. William, as far as I know, had no job. So I was like, all right, well, he seems like he could have been a reporter type. Because he was traveling around, I don't know. Maybe he could be that. And then Star, uh, Star was kind of created by Chris Vito. At least he had the idea of it. His idea was there'll be this guy who throws shurikens, and he didn't know what those were called. So <laughs> they were stars, and that was just from like a James Bond movie where somebody had threw stars. So. He just had the idea of a character named Star. He never drew him. And I just, okay, I'll draw him. And then I named him, him Chris because his name is Chris. So I would often do that. Like, all right, you can be Chris too. Um, and then Chris had had this dream once of a band name, which is what I used in this with Snapping yes. Grant the no-no biscuits yeah was like that is like that is such an awesome band name and every time he he was in bands as a kid and up into adulthood he he played in bands he was a drummer and uh he every, he, every time he would turn a band he'd be like he would suggest that as a name and every time <laughs> they would laugh and they would go oh but seriously <laughs> like, oh, it would be an awesome name for a band and nobody ever went for it so, anyway a lot of stuff is just me like I need to work this in because this is part of my life and it must exist that is uh, cool though like yeah, it's one of those things as soon as you know, Craig told me candy and sugar were from <laughs> the original like comics, like he had the documentation. I was like, okay, Snapping Granny and the No-No Biscuits definitely has a story. And it's <laughs> kind of a cool thing. Like, I love that you had, that you just gave us the story of that. that like, it came to your friend in a dream. <laughs> I, th a huge thing about, uh, like, indie comics 
or, you know, just non-corpo stuff is that they always end up weirdly auto semi autobiographical, whether, whether the author means to or not, there's always just these nuggets from their life. That's the shit I eat up, man. That's good (laughs) shit. (laughs) I wish I knew more of this stuff. Like I don't remember any Ralph Johnson plot at all. I have no idea what Ralph Johnson ever did or how technologically advanced he was. I know really <laughs> pretty damn technologically advanced. He was essentially the book's Lex Luthor. <laughs> and he just would keep showing up and just being a pain in the ass. But beyond him being William's brother, I I just like I don't I don't remember any of his stories. I know the fiend was around, but and the you know again like what the hell did the fiend really do? I, I kind of remember what he looked like, so I drew him in, in a panel there somewhere. He looks like a Steve uh, Dicko guy in the. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he was super. My villains were often really lame. They would just be like, "Here's," they were like Superman villains because Superman villains were always like, "Hey, and here's another bald guy who's." <laughs> yeah, I mean. Superman <laughs> I got I got the one Caucasian bald guy, and now I've got this purple bald guy. He's the space parasite, but he doesn't <laughs> do anything space parasite as far as I can remember. He just is a purple guy. And then I got this green bald guy, and then I've got this really little bald guy who's from another dimension. <laughs> it's like, holy crap, man. Well, I have to say, I think this was one of the most anticipated issues for me and, you know, Raven saying yes. A lot of people I've been talking to. And then when we got it, talking with the gang here and then talking on the forums, a lot of people, even private messaging people, a lot of people were like, holy shit, this was like so fun to read. It was amazing. (laughs) Like, were you worried what the reaction was going to be or how you were going to work this out and, you know, or – I don't know. It's just something about it. It's just so fun to read. It's just kind it's of pretty weird. Through. It's, yeah. It's, I knew that it was going to be pretty dense because I knew that there was a lot that needed to be shoved into very little space. So that was, that was part of it that was like, oh, crap, am I going to be able to fit this in? And initially it was going to be that uh, – that Paul is narrating this to somebody and we would get to the end and we'd see like, Oh, who he's talking to about it. But then I just ran out of, <laughs> ran out of room. I was just like, I, I don't have room for that. Uh, does it really matter who he's talking to? It didn't. Could just, no, it didn't really. You know? didn't. I mean, he could just as easily have been talking to whoever the book's current creative team was, you know, it's like, Oh, Malcolm doesn't have any adventures this month. He's, hold up in the hospital yet again lazy bone um <laughs> so paul dragon it's your turn you get to tell us all about your exciting life yeah we ate it up because uh it just felt so different in a number of ways we mentioned the density um this is just a master class of compressed storytelling And I mentioned this on the Facebook group. I'm going to mention it here again. You know, we'd have a lot of people who questioned the validity of a singles issue format these days. And then 
I, I say when my criticism of those people is like, look, there's a lot of guys that don't know how to write for a single issue. Like they can't. They only know how to write for a trade or they grew up reading manga and they're, everything they know is super decompressed. And it's like, look, if you put an issue like this in the, somebody's hands, there's just so fucking much stuff that happens in this issue. It's bonkers. It's incredibly satisfying. <laughs> and that was one thing that made it really, really stand out. But then the other thing that made us stand out was that uh, kind of different for Savage Dragon. We mentioned this in the review show. So for listeners, they're going over it again. But it really was cool how it kind of just felt like a character showcase, like a standalone, yeah. not necessarily continuity, just a, hey, here's Paul's stuff. It's the kind yeah. of thing. Were you kind of feeling that as you made it? Were you like, this is just really right. different what I'm doing? Yeah, I mean, it was. It's definitely different. I I returned to that that you know fifteen panel grid that I had done in the first issue of the Dragon miniseries, just because it's like, man, there, if you're trying to shove in a lot of stuff, using that grid is a way to do it. Um, so there's a few pages which ended up being that many panels, but often you'll see me coming to that. You know, it's a five-panel wide tier. Just like, let's shove in as much as possible. Or it's, it's a giant demonoid double splash in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Which wasn't in any graphic fantasy or any of my old stuff at all, but I just needed some excuse for those kids to be turned into adults. So I thought, okay, well, let's give that an actual reason. Like, He's given powers, and then he has him do this. And then, you know, well, then why doesn't he change back? Um, because he loses his powers. So. And, but none of that's from my old comics. That, that, doesn't, that didn't exist. But it's great because it ties in, like, the Malcolm era type stuff. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. like, oh, it's, this shit happened in Malcolm's era. It happened in the pre-Savage World era, you know. Yeah. So it's like this isn't, you know. Things don't yeah, change in different realities. The, the two ends of, of no, it's uh, uh, the, the butterfly effect where, you know, one little thing happened and then that turned to this, to this, this. Part of that is like, I want there to be some of that. But then another part of it is, yeah, this doesn't make sense at all. Like, why would Chris Robinson be a white guy in this reality and a black guy in image universe is there any reason for that at all it's like no ah there's billions of different realities yeah. you know this multiverse okay. yeah <laughs> it's oh, I, I really, really enjoyed seeing uh, – uh, is it uh, – I keep mixing up their names. But Gorgon is – is he Mark or Peter? I can't remember. Uh, uh, Peter, he, Peter. Peter. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to – I think it was Savage Dragon 66 <laughs> when Angel kind of first sees Peter and she's like, oh, like – what? I forget what she says. Something like, is he so ugly? <laughs> yeah, and it's like – you know, it makes Rita cry. Uh, ever since that panel, I think fans have been like wondering what he's going to look like when he gets older. And we do kind of see that, but to see him in your, you know, kind of original Gorgon form with the, the grace, he almost Hulkish slash gremlin ish. Yeah. Uh, that, the was, two that toes. was really what that was, was me ripping off the, the gremlin. And it was like, Oh, I can't have him be the same color as that guy. So I'll just make him, I'll make him a gray dude. 
And then later on in the run, he was in, I don't know why suddenly he had regular skin later on, <laughs> but he did. And he was rocking that costume that he showed up in, in uh, Dragon, whatever it was, 248 or 249, one of those. When those guys showed up, those are the costumes that they had towards the end of Sergeant Marvel's run. I think in this one, uh, in this panel, just seeing him with the two toes really hits home that he's part, you know, alien. Yeah, he's part part dragon. Yeah, which, you know, is kind of confirmed here in this panel, at least in this reality. But, you know, it's like it was always a question is are they or are they not like part dragons kids, you know, at least in the the image universe. Um, but that that's really cool. And that was really fun to see. Um <laughs> It's it's all crazy. Fun. Yeah. There's so many characters that that at one point um in the Deadly Duo comic, there is a, a girl from the future that basically dresses like Kid Avenger who comes back to get Kid Avenger to pull him out of time and bring him back to the future. And then she ends up just hanging around. And then she ended up. She ended up being uh, Gorgon's girlfriend. So he is running around with a Kid Avenger-looking girl. She <laughs> looked just like Kid Avenger, except she had a long, flowing head of black hair. And for whatever reason, that made sense to me. Makes sense to me. Uh, it's cool. So, <laughs> so that character didn't, doesn't exist in the modern image universe. Uh, Killcat had a girlfriend in that in those old comics who is the black cat. And I don't think it, it, I don't know if it was the same black cat that was here, but whatever. (laughs) I still love that. You called her black cat. It gave her a white uniform. (laughs) Yeah. A a white lady in a white uniform, black cat. Yeah. She's black cat, whatever. (laughs) I need more characters. God damn it. Yeah, I don't know. She might have been colored dark blue. I mean, we, we made her white here, so we can we can call <laughs> for the for the whatever we can call her something else. She got cat. bit by a radioactive black cat, hence. <laughs> yeah, I guess Fonty Fonty gave her that. <laughs> they, it's like, here's where I go. Fonty is great in this issue, though. I, I know we talked a little <laughs> bit about it, but he kind of stole the show for me in this. Like very satisfying to me. It's like I didn't know if he was just some crazy homeless guy with powers or if he was really like a super intelligent wizard that really had no time for like lesser beings. It's, it's and like, I kind of like that. It's like in the Savage Dragon universe, he's such a mysterious force who's always like he's always he's yeah. always like you never he's never focused. He's, he shows up, and he disappears. And in this universe, he's always around and he's a fucking weirdo. Take <laughs> it to the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> I, always, I always felt like yeah, like the 70s, you know, it's like everyone has to have a guru like that's a musician. So it kind of makes sense. Oh, here's my guru. Like, why don't people have that anymore? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hanging around with homeless people, I guess. <laughs> so um, I know I, I feel like you touched on this in the forums and I wasn't sure if it was obvious. So I guess it is because you kind of talked about how in this reality, which we see in the field, it seems like the the Kry- Krylons 
kind of beam curved right down into William, William just happens to be in that yeah. spot and they merged. <laughs> William happened to be there. So and they then merged one. And yeah. So like when he got his powers, it was like, Oh, I've got, I've got, I can change into a beefy dude. Now I'll dress up like the dragon, that, that beloved character who went missing. Why I want to call myself that and why I want to steal his, Thunder, I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> give, give the public some continuity. He's gone now. I got need no a, better. I need a symbol. A dragon symbol. <laughs> I need something. And he had a little something draped over his head, so I'm going to make something like that. And then when Fonte pulled him apart, he was like, I guess I'll give him the thing that's on his head, not knowing that he had a proper fin at one point. So that was that was that. Why he gave him two toes is a mystery. <laughs> but whatever. Somebody so did so, like, so the <laughs> in this universe in your head look exactly the same as they do in the image, and it was just Fonte that kind of screwed because we were kind of like, oh, maybe that's yeah, the way those Fonte aliens look like. Know how to pull them apart, and he <laughs> yeah. also made it so William could still turn into dragon. So. So like is that figured, why Paul is that why Paul doesn't have regenerative powers because his powers yeah with that William. was the idea was was the powers were halved and you know William could do some stuff that you know whatever they were still tough <laughs> we'll just be strong but we won't be able to grow back toes <laughs> okay whatever I mean that that was a power that I gave to. Um, Savage Dragon when I started at that series. That wasn't something that he had. Right. In fact, I gave it to him on the fly as I was making his comics. Because you, good... you wanted to rip him apart. <laughs> Gotta put him back together. Yeah. It's a good move. Yeah. It's it's such a great yeah. power to have for your oh, yeah. character. <laughs> I feel yeah, like it's it become an industry so... standard. <laughs> you think? I, I really do, yeah. You got all kinds of guys running around ripping their arms off and just being like, oh, well, just glue it back on. Feels like that's post-dragon. This will be fine. <laughs> uh, Gavin Higginbotham, uh, for the listeners, he serves as your kind of editor. I guess you bounce ideas off him. He was telling me a little story after I read this. I kind of hit him up. I was talking to him a little bit about it, and we're laughing about – the panel where Jennifer, when she's like in her bloop phase or whatever you want to call it, when she's a villain and she just kind of hits Paul Dragon or, or uh, William oh, yeah. Dragon in, with their tit in the face. And, and it was like, that was something that you actually drew and your yeah, dad yeah. laughed at it or something. That's a little good. <laughs> and, and my dad saw that and thought, that is pretty crazy stuff, young man. <laughs> And so I ended up erasing it and drawing her butting him with his her head instead, just because I was so embarrassed by how stupid it was. But as an adult, I have no shame. I don't care. I just like, I thought, oh, poor poor sixth grade me. He needs to have that. Yeah, let's give him that. Thankful so, for that because it was like candy and sugar were actual strippers back in the old comics either. They just were named that, so I thought, well, what else could they be given the <laughs> right? So, but as as all of my characters, you know, I'm a kid in grammar school, 
just the idea of people being employed was just so foreign to me that everybody just somehow managed to function without, you know, ever having money or, or anything. It's like, I, I don't even know, like, where did they live? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember them having an apartment or a house or whatever. They were just all out. We're running around fighting. It's like, okay, good job guys. <laughs> I've read modern comics written that way. <laughs> like, where does this, this guy sleep? Seems like all he does is fight crime. How does that guy work? How does that work? What's he get to? What's he do on his day off? What's what's the man bull doing when he's not out man bulling? What's he got going on? As soon as I saw the titty punch, though, I was like, dude, yeah, it's, it's got to be from the childhood. That's got to be, it's got to be a child. That's just such yeah. an awesome, pure kid yeah, and idea. I, and I think I did an okay job of recreating what she looked like. I remember her having kind of that, that weird tiered hair thing. Going on. <laughs> but I don't know. It, it's, it's all a mystery to me. She's, a, she's I don't, I don't know how a lot of this stuff works, but. Got it. I, I wish I had access to these because I'm sure they were just as insane as I half remember. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this was kind of the costume when uh, when Sue shows up. I, I think that was kind of what her costume was. She probably had boots of some sort, but I just gave her sneakers here because I gave her sneakers here. <laughs> There's no good reason for it. It looks like he went through multiple costumes. You got that one, then you got yeah. the one that's kind of black and red. Yeah, and she's got a few. Um, I don't know if I made that one up there. I think that one was from um, was from something. Because there was that story that I had started in uh, I ran in Savage Dragon Archives where I had st- started a story and I didn't get very far. It was like uh, I ended up using those four pages later on, like issue 60 or something, where I just redrew those, where they're like out fighting and they meet that giant weird fish-looking dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Purple fish guy, whatever. Yeah, that, but I had drawn that before, and, it, and right. I think I found pages of that in the back of one of those dragon archives so yeah i definitely she, remember seeing costume that. there so i was like oh here's another weird costume i could have her wear for half a panel that fish guy was so jarring i remember seeing it <laughs> first in in the regular series and it was like this looks way cartoony and then it was like when you saw that you had dri- drawn uh drawn it drawn. way earlier it was like yeah. oh that makes sense yeah i like i like that the book that that the characters look really different from one period to another because some of them are invented by a kid who's just out of his mind, <laughs> you know? And, and a lot of those early designs are super, super lazy too. They would just be like, here's my guy. He's a bald dude and he's got a belt. <laughs> really? That's what you got? Yeah. But most of my villains just sucked. But I was, I was really into making up superheroes i find flash mercury so intriguing like where does the needle nose come from like what like i would never think to draw that like 
as a kid. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I'm just I wonder where it's that comes unique. From. Like I don't even think of another visual like it. Yeah, it's true. It's pretty random. Or or just like why is this chicken dude a powerhouse? <laughs> like for some reason the needle nose reminds me of some kind of like Japanese anime character or manga character. I don't know. Like I I don't know what it is. Just I weird. don't know what I would have had access to. Yeah, that. probably not. But it's like I didn't have, I didn't have stuff. Yeah. Where did this come from? <laughs> I I love the fact that the three versions of Dragon are all fighting like side by side yes, at dude. one point, and that you didn't just say, "Oh, I'm done with this guy. Like I'm going to move on to like you just kept them, and they just became their own thing." Oh. Um, when you read it, it's like, damn, I want to read a book about this team. Like, it's like, man, I need more now. Like, you teased us with this. <laughs> and now it, it, it's all stuff that's not around in, in this universe. The universe is gone. And it's like, I feel so, yeah. like, teased. Yeah, those are, those this. are the sorts of things that I could do, like, in a as a backup or in something yeah. weird. It's just like, hey, anybody feel like trying this insane thing? Feel <laughs> Feel free to plumb the past because Paul's universe, like just getting to see it in this book, like Craig said, it just feels like it's a gold mine full of stuff that you could do backups. I mean, like, yeah, three dragons all at once. That's a backup right there. Holy shit. Here we are doing our stuff. And I, I think you said at what. Uh, Rex Dexter is not battle tanking this, right? It's his daughter, or you were going to make it at one point. He was going to make it his daughter. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, there the idea of Rex Dexter as as a character was created way later. He was never named that. I don't know that we even saw who was in it, but he, I I knew that that was going to be a second generation character. There was an earlier battle tank, and now there's going to be a new one, and it's going to be, hey, surprise, it's a girl. Mm. You know, so that would have been a reveal at some point when the costume came off. It's like, my gosh, she's beautiful. <laughs> just like every other character, she's got enormous hooters. <laughs> I approve. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Those hormones were just raging. <laughs> you know, it all had to go down on paper. So there we go. Cartoonist libido. Cartoonist libido never subsides. Uh, uh, well, it's always been my theory. <laughs> that's why everyone learns to draw. <laughs> sure. I just need some material, man. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in there, Billy? Going blind. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing go away. There's a line in this, uh, or a panel, I should say, where Fonte kind of tells the William Paul amalgam that he has a destiny bigger than he can possibly imagine. Uh, when I read that, I was maybe I'm reading too deep into it. I was thinking maybe oh, yeah, yeah, he's talking about. I already know you. All right, he's talking about <laughs> Paul coming not, into our universe. Not, you know, it's all, <laughs> always Fonte is always cryptic, like. Oh, I've got something big is coming. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> so he's just a crazy homeless guy is what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah, he's out of his guard. So my my real question, my big question is, this: was this universe destroyed in the merging of the multiverse? 
Because that was the whole idea. Yeah, right? that, and, the only, and the only reason I Paul survived is that he was in Dimension X already. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there is a possibility that somewhere down the line, I may have several other people drop out of Dimension X going, hey, yeah, we were looking for you. Hey. And it would just be like, oh, it's... It's the good Mako hanging out with the Red Rock and <laughs> Fonty because his dialogue's fun to write. Yeah. Yes, please. Yes, please. Well, yeah. Fonty could also exist in this universe, right? Because he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I, he never I showed up in the Savage never, World. You've never no, seen he, him in the universe. Yeah. You've only seen him in Image World. Uh, uh, I, I hate to correct you, but remember, it was in a backup of 100. We see Fonty. Uh, after the horde fight, or after the uh, the possessed fight? Oh, right. But he tells Dragon, I, I'll, "This is the last right. time I'll see you," or something. We we covered this last thing. He says, yeah. "You'll never see me again." And we were like, "Well, that's genius dialogue because he could just be talking to Dragon, who's dead." <laughs> so you're good. You're good. So you're covered. Good. You're never going to see you again. But I'll write stuff like that all the time, where it's cryptic. You go, oh. Like when uh, when Alex left and she was like, that was the last time I ever saw him. It's like, well, she she can't see into the future. Right. So right. how could she know that she wouldn't bump anyone years later? She's not That's magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what does it all mean? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say this was an overall like barn burner of a book. And then the, um, the backup story by Simon Millette St. Pierre, who I think just kills it when he draws like the dragon kids, like his art style fits it really well. And it was such a, you know, such a great backup for a great, you know, full issue. Um, I just loved it. He's doing a longer uh, dragon kids story for this, Upcoming hundred page extravaganza. So. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, his style just works so well with the kids. It's just it's so fun. Yeah. It, it, it is. It is like, oh man. We were More bragging kids. on him. We were bragging on him. We we're like, how do you just make just a fin? And it looks interesting <laughs> as hell. It looks great. <laughs> it's like, oh he, he, that's a cool back cover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're like, that's fantastic. <laughs> what a find that Simon what a character yeah it's cool I, I like it so can yeah, you so this, this definitely was a fun issue to try and wrap my brain around and Gavin had to be like no no you can't do that because like, oh shit because I had Dragon I had Paul talk too goddamn much when he first showed up and he's like saying stuff that he was like, I wasn't found in a burning field. It's like, fuck, God damn it. <laughs> so, so that's why I started off this, per, this issue saying I didn't wake up in a burning. It's like, all right, let's, I'm, I got that covered. Te- technicality, uh, technicality. I didn't wake up in this burning field. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, initially I had had, uh, I'd had Star talking to, to Fonte going, hey, something's fucked up here. These are these he's clearly not William anymore. You gotta look into this and maybe pull him apart. 
Um, but then I was reading re reading 251. It was like, no, this doesn't work. It's like, shit, why did I say that? Because I some of these little things I hadn't figured out, you know? And so I'm figuring out this backstory now of going, okay. And it's just, once you start establishing little pieces here and there, it all just trips you up. But I wanted to... I wanted to also establish that uh, that that Vanguard story in Megaton. Like, let me place this in continuity so that it becomes a thing. I, I think you handled those last few pages well with the basically just referencing like the previous stories and putting the editor's box to point us to where to go. I think yeah. that was the smartest way to play that because then then yeah, we know as readers there, there's more not. out there. It, like I, I didn't be, I wasn't able to reference graphic fantasy number two at all. Mm. And it was like, well, I printed the comic at one yeah. point. So people know that it exists. Um, oh, well, but, <laughs> you know, then, I'm out of space. I need to get him into dimension X. I need to do that as fast as I possibly can. Well, I think it was just announced too that uh, images publishing are, uh, reprinting the Megaton uh, comics, right, as a collection. Yeah. So that's kind of cool too. So we don't have to read about it. like it's going to be even if you didn't get the back issues or whatever, or didn't get it when it came out, you can now have a chance to read that. So like all that stuff's getting kind of reprinted and collected is pretty neat. Yeah, that's it. It is. Um, but like Reagan's in it. It's like show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe in that reality, there's no term limits, you know. Right. Really it's like, so in this reality, Reagan Reagan ended up getting a couple more terms of living like way long, and he was out of his mind. <laughs> Just doesn't know anything. Yeah. I can't uh, remember. <laughs> Just keep this going. Yeah. Oh well. So yeah, that was another panel that I got to I got to re-ink with with Vanguard in it. I just took the one from from uh, the original Megaton and just be like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna detail the crap out of these buildings in the background and go to town on all this rubble. I uh, gotta ask, learning that 264 was mostly digital was kind of incredible because it doesn't look it. And so well, I gotta there's, say, there's are you bits and pieces that aren't because I was because I'm reusing some stuff, mm -hmm. right? So then there'll be panels, and I'm when I'm inking it, I'm I'm able to go, okay, well I can't get thinner than this because this is this is actual art right next to fake art. So um, are you uh, sort of? Uh, did you enjoy yeah. working digitally because? That was kind of a thing I was asking you about one time, and you were like, I don't know, maybe I'll do it down the road. Uh, that time has come. So is that kind of a thing that you enjoy working digitally a little bit, or is that a whole uh, new I, set of headaches? I like it somewhat, um, but then I'm finding the limitations of it already. So uh, like when I do like those scraggly panel borders, mm -hmm. um I find that I can do those with a brush on a piece of paper, like in 15 seconds and then doing them digitally. It's like, this takes forever. I can't. Sure. Getting it to look right and getting the thick and thin in the right place. It's, 
it's it's a process and it takes me way too long. So like the the issue after this, I started doing digitally. And then when it gets towards the end of the issue, I'm just like, I'm just gonna do this on paper. Sure. <laughs> to hell sure. with it. And then I did a bunch of pages on paper at the end, and then I would augment them in Photoshop. And I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna drag in this uh, this splatter effect or this other thing. Interesting. Interesting. As long as it looks good in print, that's all I really care about. It's just cool to hear you uh, experimenting with that kind of stuff. It's it's it can be fun. The downside is no original art. Yeah. But um, you're still like pencil, you're still penciling everything though, right? No. Oh no. Depending no. depending on what it is, there, there's there's periods. Where, well, that's the sketchbook stuff. If I'm sitting there struggling with a shot, I'll be like, I'm going to sketch something in my sketchbook. Then I'll take a photo of it and drag it into a Photoshop doc. Wow. And turn that gray and ink that. So there's a few different things here and there that end up from from there that end up being there. More so in... uh, More so in the next issue that's coming up than in this one necessarily. But like a lot of this stuff is is me taking panels from other comics, and like Dragon waking up in the hospital, looking at his hands, was William waking up in the hospital with Dragon's brain, looking at his hands. Right, right, right. right yeah. You know, so the the hospital stuff was obviously the hospital stuff. Page one was that's my original you know, from issue one of Dragon in a Burning Field. All I had to do here is draw one dude. So that was, <laughs> that was like, ah, oh, we're done. That I actually ended up having to do twice because when I first did it, I had made the hairs on his on his arms so fine that when I pulled out, it was like, there's Watch. no way. That just doesn't, it just looks terrible. <laughs> it's going to look way too tight and it won't look like it was drawn on, on paper. Because I want it, I want it to look like it was drawn on paper. I don't want it to look all uh, computery or whatever. But like suddenly my cars get really good. <laughs> <I'll just laughs> like the car, the car on page three, where it's like we see it from the front and it actually looks like a car, and then we see it from <laughs> behind and it's all at an angle and stuff. It's like, holy crap, man! What's going on here? It's like, well, it turns out that if you're actually drawing over a photograph of a car that it can you can kind of make it look like a car you got really <laughs> good at drawing 1982 lincoln continentals <laughs> well, i congratulate so, you for uh stumbling upon the digital art pitfall already because uh there's like a million books that i've picked up and they look fucking like they're filled with way too fine art and I know, oh, yeah. I know that shit looked great on their monitor, but like yeah, they just yeah. they weren't thinking no, of print. I was just looking at something that some something recent that John Bogdanov had drawn, and there were like these tiny, tiny characters in the background of them drawing. Yeah, he drew that on a on a tablet. <laughs> I, I fucked up on my super freaks. I mean, I'm not above it myself, 
there's that panel where you've got uh, Dilbert, the Dilbert style Savage Dragonbert, like Liefeld character. And like then on into the background, there's the smaller drawn characters. I fell right into the pit trap. I, I zoomed in and started drawing. And they yeah, no, it's so, it's so easy to do. They look bad in print. <laughs> well, like even even this, if I'm going through it, you know, there, there'll be like little figures like uh, Candy walking away, holding the hand of the little kid. It's like, oh, her hair is too fine. And that figure is, is kind of way tighter than it should be at that size. Mm. Oh, well. It looks good though. You're being you're being too hard on yourself. Yeah, it, you fool does. I, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we didn't know. Tell. We didn't know. Well, that's good. That's good. That's as it should be. And believe, we're spending hours pouring over each panel yeah. so we can talk about it every month. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't shame any uh, certain comic, but let's just say uh, every now and then I'll buy one and I'll just like it's like clear they zoomed in to draw the face and then zoomed out to draw the body and I'm like, bros, it doesn't uh, work. Like I can tell. I, I know the exactly. face is way too detailed. Face looks great. Body looks simple. It's like yeah. Well, you've gotta you've gotta restrict yourself and really be like okay. Use no brush smaller than this. Yeah. And then you're you know even when it's when you've zoomed way in, you're sitting there going, I'm inking this with a with a barrel. What the hell? <laughs> it's like oh, that's because you're way zoomed in, buddy. So it's a good thing you're holding that giant whatever. But there's a few places here where Dragon's arm hair gets a little tighter than it ought to be. And some tiny figures here that are like, uh, that's probably a little more complete than it would be if it was on paper. Ah, whatever. Nobody it's, cares, right? It's interesting. <laughs> it's just exciting. Yeah. It's just interesting to see you playing with these new toys. Yeah. So that, that double page spread um, where the giant demonoid shows up. The guy in the upper right hand corner, yeah. that's that's Mighty Man. Yeah, right. right. That's that's, that's, that's from the Megaton kind of look, yeah, right? It's the Megaton yeah. version of Mighty Man. Yeah, so, I caught that. Eagle Eye Olsen caught it. I was like, yeah, oh, dude, it's cool as shit. It. And that that double page splash, I almost thought at first it was just a flip of the an existing splash. It looks pretty close, but is there is there like the head reused or is it completely redrawn? The, the head was the head was reused, and then a bunch of it was was uh, tweaked and re-inked because it was first it was flipped, and then once I flipped it, it was like, well, this looks screwed up. So. Um, one of the eyes was way bigger than the other one, and and it really looked it once you flipped it over. Mm. And there were various other pieces on it where like, all right, well this this part of where one horn comes in looks weird and it looks different on this. So I ended up reinking a ton of it, but it was good to keep it on the page while I'm doing the rest of it, just as you know, just a reality check of. Don't get too small. Don't get too tiny because it's it's got to look like it belongs in this on the same page as this other stuff. I loved how Battle Tank still had like 
still has tank treads on her legs or his legs and whoever. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, cool. It makes no sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then and, I guess we learned that the demonoids might have some powerful sorcerer on their side too, at least in this reality, maybe yeah. in uh, Malcolm's who knows, but uh, uh, that kind of leaves I'm something assuming open. Assuming that, that the, the magical person turned into this giant thing. Cause because once it goes into his, once these two guys jump into his eyes, then he, there's sort of like a, a, he suddenly appears in the middle of it all. Right. So I was thinking, well, since they fought the same demonoid before, we never really got the resolution to how that fight went down. Maybe Fonte stepped in on that one. Maybe there's some other magical guy that we haven't really touched on who showed up i don't know i don't really have a lot of magical guys i could probably stand out a couple others yeah you never really did like a kind of doctor strange type guy did you uh, not really so fonte is the closest i came to doing that and i barely used him so now i've got a weird fonte he talks crazy Love it. Love the crazy dialogue, like the words that sound similar to words. What a yeah. genius solution for taking <laughs> out Fonte. I was like, oh, that's great. If you can't kill him, fuck his words up. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Not that we ever hear him saying any magical incantations anyway, but just something <laughs> it's like he, he's not able to say anything. It's like, all right, we're good to go. <laughs> it was fantastic. So, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff here that's like, oh, cool. Do, yeah, do this. Touch on this. Uh. Oh, yeah, Mako's running around with all the SOS guys. So I was thinking I'd forgotten to have him be a good guy, but there he is. He's in that so, one panel, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, in that one panel with, with my Kirby swipe guys. <laughs> <laughs> It is different. I don't know. For for whatever reason, just having this tablet thing makes it like swiping is so super easy. It's like, <laughs> oh, this will be a cool cool thing. I'll just drag in this. Yeah, drag it. Paul dragging in the middle there looks very Kirby-ish to me. Yeah, he's he, he was Captain America, Star Wars, <laughs> Spider-Man, um, Rock was the thing. I think uh, Jennifer was Thor. <laughs> so it was just like a drawing that had like, hey, here's all the Marvel characters running around. Uh, so it was one drawing and you just. It was it was one drawing with a bunch of it was all on one page. So uh, it wasn't wide like this. So, yeah. I ended up, you know, moving around like the, the flame is human torch, obviously. Right. Um, and then s some of them I just made up poses for because I, I ran out of guys I could steal from. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Wait till you get addicted to the uh, pulling in people's pencils and being able to digitally ink over top of that. Because like I had never even I don't have a light box. I just don't work with one. I never did. Yeah. And so I never did have the ability to ink over people's pencils and stuff. Well, now with the tablet, uh, I can just grab anybody who puts pencils on the Internet. I can just drag them into my program and just digitally ink over top of them. And 
I like I was like inking over Don Simpson and all these other people, you know, that I'll never get my hands on their pencils. Yeah, yeah. But I can yeah, I mean, now. It's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> and there's so there's like things in, in two sixty three where where I was like, God, I draw hands the same way all goddamn time. I gotta find some different hand somewhere. I just went on like, oh, Carlos Pacheco would draw some cool hands sometimes. I'm just gonna find a couple of Carlos Pacheco hands and and, <laughs> and rip them off. So there's a page in here where suddenly a couple characters have Carlos Pacheco hands. So, uh, oh well, <laughs> I love it. That's in 263. When, uh, you can find them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll be looking. You'll be looking. It's like, wait a minute, is this one? It's like, yeah. That looks yeah, a little too good. Something about it. He must have used an actual professional. <laughs> yeah, like like this shot at the shot at the end of 263 where they're in they're in suddenly in real hospital beds. <laughs> like, I've, I've always just kind of made up shitty hospital beds before, and then, and then <laughs> this one, suddenly it's like, oh, that's a real hospital bed. <laughs> so, and that and that's a real hospital too. That's up in Toronto that I've been using. Right. With that weird fucking that bridge that goes across the street. Yeah. That weird too. Well, you can't it's walk outside. Like, it's too cold in Canada, right? <laughs> I, I think it must be a parking structure across the street or something. I don't know why there's that tube or if they have if, if doctors are going back and forth. I don't know. But. They have a lot of those in Philly, and I've seen it in Boston too. It, it, I think it is because like the cold weather too. Like they just build these buildings, and it's a way to connect them. You know, you're yeah. pushing I mean, they've got, patients they've got through. A few here where there's places where. They're like, Let's just build a tube. I'm going to go across the street. It'll be awesome. It's probably just easier so, to get patients back and forth or something. Yeah, I just thought it was a visually distinctive enough thing so that when I do an establishing shot of the hospital, like, I'm just going to use this hospital because it's got this crazy tube. Yeah, it worked. Every time you so, see the tube, you know where you're at. All right, he's in the hospital again. So now I have to find a San Francisco hospital that I can use. <laughs> Well, at least now you uh, you can go take your own photos if you need to too, if you want. Yeah. I guess it's Google now. Everything you can just look on Google Earth and just. Yeah, but like when I did the cover with San Francisco in the background, that was a photo I took. Oh yeah, nice. I was like, I'm gonna go to the actual spot. I walked there with Janie, and I had her stand there. And it's <laughs> like, uh, you know, you don't have to do every pose. Just, just don't have leave. to dress up like a dominatrix. Or... <laughs> Well, she's just, just like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the default so, norm. <laughs> that's it. We're going out, honey. Get your hat. <laughs> uh, but that was that made drawing that so much so much easier just to have it where I could go over an actual photograph on a tablet where I could see it. Whereas when I would do the light box thing, that's always a pain in the ass because you got the light coming in and you don't know what you've actually put down yet. So it was, it was always an ordeal to do that. But that was like, oh, that's my first cover that's not actually on paper. Wow. That's cool. Oh, well. That's so interesting and exciting. I mean, it's not like, I don't know, 
I'm not one of those digital is better guys at all. I still totally love to work on paper, you know, ink paper. It's definitely got its own appeal that like you can't reproduce digitally. That being said, there are some toys. Just yeah, no, no, tools. There's, there's tools. There's things you can do. And it's, you know, and as long as it doesn't look like crap, you know, you use some of those tools and do, do something neat with it. Yeah. Um, with me, somehow or other, sitting at the drawing board on the other side of the room just became this mental, like, I can't do this anymore. I don't like sitting in this space. Where else in this room, you know? And then uh, I've been toying with the idea of getting one of these things forever. My birthday rolled around and Janie didn't know what to get me. So I'm like, get me this. So she did. And then it was, all right, I'm going to start with Ant because Ant's easy. You know, I'll just take the dragon pages, feed them in there, um, turn them to gray, and then ink them with black with that dead line. So I got no line weight variation going on on any of that stuff. And then it was like, all right, let me try one. Let me try a page doing this this other way. <laughs> try that out. But I was I was concerned because there was the the when it, the switch over those two pages are sitting next to each other, and I was a little worried that people are going to be well. These pages look really different. You mm. really can't tell. I'm telling you, 264 had us fooled. We had no idea. We did sort of pick up on the use of photo reference, but we didn't know that it wasn't paper. We had no idea. Yeah, there's two two draw two panels in here which are completely just traced photos, and one one of them is is the two strippers. And I just and if you just go Google search two strippers, that will be on the first page. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> why why the choice to do that instead of just drawing? Too big. Uh, I, I, I don't know. He's playing around with the new toy. It was ease, or it was let me see if I can turn this into something of my own. Um, yeah, and in, in later stuff, I was like, I wonder if I could have this based on a real person to just use that person throughout. There was, there was times I'm like, I want to have hands here i'll just take a photo of my own hands and then trace over my own hands and see how that looks uh the shot of of paul and sue i always want to call her jennifer (laughs) but there when when angel's a little baby and got a pacifier in its mouth that's a that was a photograph of uh, a couple but i changed them a lot because i think they were both black so there was like, I mean, I can change these guys quite a bit and you won't really notice that much that it's a photograph, but mm. whatever. It was a photograph. It's cool. I, like I said, I'm just excited to see. I mean, you know, you're a cartoonist that's been working for so long one way. And even just my own little experiment, I mean, I've only been messing with digital for about like five years, but like there's still a ton of stuff I don't know how to do. And I'm always like discovering some new thing. 
and well, don't feel some other program that you're supposed to use, and I'm just using Photoshop because I that's all I know. It's clips, you know, but I'm having other people go, oh, you got to use, I don't remember what the hell it is, but you got to use it because you can do all this stuff and you can do perspective and it'll all fall right into place. And I'm, I'm sitting here with making vanishing points and using a ruler. And if, if you're the two, the two everybody loves is if you're a Mac guy, it's Procreate. And if you're a whoever guy, it's Clip Studio. Clip Studio is actually what, you know, it used to be Manga Studio. Like Japanese people have been using it for years to make their comics. And uh, it's made for comics. So if you get under the hood of that, they've got like shit to make panel layouts, word balloons, all that stuff that you really don't need help with. But I mean, it's built in there. There's perspective tools, 3D dummies. You can just throw up and pose. It's shocking. I don't use it, but it's there. I've got got a Mac, so (laughs) if if that's unavailable to me, then... You can do it. Clip clip works. Yeah. It's got zipatones, all those digital zipatones. I know you'll go nuts with that stuff. So Well, I've been using digital zipatones since since I started scanning in my own art. So since issue one hundred is where I started. Um, and there's some Photoshop special effects in that issue, which like somebody is like firing something with their hand and I'm like Oh, what if I made that into dots? Let me see what that looks like. It looks terrible. Oh, well, <laughs> don't do that again. <laughs> but, but I've been doing, you know, just to be able to have, they stopped making Zipatone or stopped making it readily available. Yep. So I just scanned in some of the, the patterns that I had. I'm like, now I can use this forever and not have to worry about it. So, who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be excited when you uh, get more into that stuff to see uh, just kind of the places it takes you, because uh, you end up you pick up a ton of speed. Uh, you end up just sort of doing weird experimental shit that you just never. That's where your mind goes. Is you think, oh, I can never do this before. Now I'm going to do it just to see what happens. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just, yeah, I know you're well, a huge experimenter anyway. Yeah, but it's like that that effect of uh, Fonte's hand open with that thing. It's like I didn't throw right. that. found that online. And then I had I had used that same effect in the uh, Dragon uh, dragon Mako fight. There's a panel where, where Mako's throwing Dragon. You can just see Dragon's feet. Um, and, and so it's like, all right, well, I've used it here. I'll use it. I use that same effect over here, but now I'm like, all right, I've got that, but I don't want to use it every issue because that's going to get to be a little much. Right. Love Mako and that two finger toss. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Try that this way. So um, one of the questions I wanted to ask is, um, I know we've got a, a bunch of, you know, besides your B covers, actually one thing with, with your B covers, with the, the Image Comics Presents, were you tempted at all to do like Sergeant Marvel's Greatest Comics Presents or something? I mean, I think it probably wouldn't because it has the word Marvel in it, but that would have been really cool to have on 264 of something with like Sergeant Marvel Presents. <laughs> 
or just Sergeant Marvel's greatest comics. Yeah, whatever you used to have <laughs> as a kid. Like, what? <laughs> Did that cross your mind at all for a second? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Although I've got that really, really shitty dragon logo too that I used. <laughs> With like, I did that back cover where Dragon's head is all weird from Graphic Fantasy number two. Yeah, yeah, or something. yeah, yeah, right. The wavy uh, dragon. This uh, like he's he really looks like Dragon's got the gout. <laughs> but that's the the logo that I used on Graphic Fantasy one, and it's that's pretty horrible and hand drawn. So <laughs> I guess if I do more with Paul, I could do do one of those one day. Here's his logo. Um, I guess where I was going for before I sidetracked myself was uh, I noticed, you know, you do the A and B covers and now it seems like you're having a run of variant covers. You got Gary Frank on 265, uh, who's kind of returned the favor for the, the Geiger cover you did. And then it looks like on, based on the previews and I've seen, Scott James is doing a cover for 266, which almost looked like it would have been a great cover for 263. Yeah, um, well- and then Simon, uh, who did the backup in 264, is doing a cover for 267. Is this a new thing that you're thinking of, having like different uh, artists I do a cover? I won't do it all the time just because people don't like it. <laughs> and, you know, I've got a couple of people who owe me a favor because I did covers for their books. Gotcha. So, um, Does this I mean... We'll get a Chris Kirk, Samney Kirk cover. Music needs to get somebody on there, so I, I probably won't get an Alex Ross cover, but I may get a Brent Anderson cover at some point. What was that? What book was that for that you did? That was for, uh, oh, I, was, I did a, I did the Return of Alex. Right, Wilson. right, right, right. What about so, uh, you got Chris awesome. Samney right with Firepower? Or I think a lot of people gave covers on that one, so it was like an uh, anniversary issue. Yeah, I would love to, but uh, I don't know if I, you know, Robert doesn't control his life, so. Right, right, right. Oh, all right. He feels like he owes me one, but I was like, Robert, hire somebody. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I really I like the, the Gary if, Frank if cover. It's, it's Finding time is just this, the, the biggest pain in the ass because it's, it's taking me forever to do anything. Yeah. So, you know, like, I want to do more, but I, I know that it's like I've got this 100-page issue coming up. It's like, well, how the hell am I going to fill that goddamn thing? <laughs> why did i why did i say that was a good idea we we were like kind of amazed that you know that you were coming out with another giant size i get it for the 30th anniversary but it was like man he's getting right on track like he's gonna blow it like don't please don't blow it like we're we're getting used to getting dragon like monthly and i'm like you're gonna do this people well, gonna bog got, you down stuff that i haven't colored so i've got uh you know those megaton stories that I've never haven't seen print yet in color, and so it's like I can do, I can do my weird throwback color for that. You can get some more, more Paul Dragon action. Nice, uh, right on. Got that. I've got stories that I've run here and there, but I can always just like, hey, I'm dumping this in there, and you'll be like, that's half a Herculean for crying out loud. What are you doing? <laughs> well, a lot of people haven't seen it. I I hope they like it. 
<laughs> you, is there any like other? I know you mentioned um, Simon doing a backup. Is there yeah, anyone else that you've tapped that you can tell us? There's a there's another backup, but I don't want to say because it might not happen. <laughs> if yeah, it's like God damn it. <laughs> I actually had one guy started it and just screwed the pooch. Like he never finished it. And I gave him the, the plot like fucking two and a half years ago. And he's managed to turn in three or four pages, but it's a 10 page story. And it's like, I can't just keep waiting and deal with three or four pages. And then he had his sob story. He's over here, and then he lost his portfolio, and then had the other pages. And they were, it's like, well, just recreate, man. You're, you're not, you, you can do that. You'll get paid when you, when you, actually finish them. I can't pay you otherwise. It's um, crazy too that, because, like, th- that things, was in, things in real time, like kind of affect things so if you're getting things late things have changed and moved on yeah and that was that was the problem it is basically a story of um um what's what's her name that they're that robot name that they have Greta 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 Greta. whatever happened to her oh is basically yeah. that story it's frustrating and, for me because i love that character and, i wanted more of her and it was it's 10 pages and it's like well i don't have many places where i can run a 10 page story but if I'm doing a hundred pager, bam, it can go right in there. But my original artist who was supposed to do it never got his shit together. Mm. And if he did he suddenly get his shit together and turned it all in, I'd be like, all right, we're going to run the same page and same story in here twice with two different artists showing you their, the, the different approaches of what you can get when you got two different people doing the same thing, you know, which was also kind of fun about doing that. When I did those three deadly duos. Yeah, that was wild. Oh, yeah. Because it was like, it's the same story with three different guys. And I wasn't counting on them getting their shit together. Because basically what happens with, with when I write backup stories is half the time they never get it done. So there'll be people who pester me. And just be like, they're on me all the time. When are you going to send me a plot? Are you going to send me a plot? And it's like the best way to get them to shut up and never hear from them. Send them a plot. (laughs) Send them a plot. Because then it's like they're they're gone forever. (laughs) Oh, that's tough. That's so annoying. But but it's it's like they they will never get their act together, which is why a lot of guys never break in because they – they never bothered to actually do the work. It's like you got to do the work and you got to do it on a regular basis. And then as time goes on, you get better and you figure out all this stuff that you didn't know how to do. And eventually you're like, you know, you either get to be real, pretty good and you're able to make a go of it or, you know, guys, guys don't do that happens. But most mostly it's guys who just never produce period they just they just never get going all right and, it, it might be a case where a lot of guys can do pinups but they cannot do sequentials like they just they look on. great and then you give them sequentials to do and it's they just flounder yeah. just like oh, i don't know what to do and also i write plot style so i think that can be really intimidating to some people who are like whoa 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 
You're not going to tell me what goes on in every single panel and all the dialogue in every panel and describe the shit out of everything. It's like, no, come on. You're not, you're not an idiot. Here we go. Page one. There's what happened. I break it down in pages. So you know what happens on every page. And it's kind of fun for me to see what people take from it. Cause I've worked with some artists who are like, I, I thought this was going to be a multiple panel page. And they were like, I turned this into a splash. Like, Oh, okay. That's a different approach. I didn't know you're going to do that. I guess I'm writing for that, <laughs> which is fine. Cause it's, it's, it, it makes it something of a challenge for them because they have, they're faced with all sorts of things that need to be figured out. And then when I get it back, it's this huge challenge for me because I'm going, oh, I had all this dialogue that I thought I'd be able to fit here, but I can't fit at all. So now I got to come up with a different way of telling this stuff or find a really succinct way of, of getting this down to just a couple lines of dialogue. Anyway, I like working Marvel style. I, every time I've ever worked from a full script, I just wanted to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why you went after the Alan Moore Supreme script, right? Oh my god. <laughs> that was the worst because it was it's, <laughs> it's so it's dense. So much description of that was redundant. That didn't need to be like we you've told me that this person is holding a bag. You don't need to remind me that they're holding a bag for the next forty panels. But, you know, there's all that. And and then there's all this other stuff. <laughs> oh, good Lord. It just, I, so on that, I was I was taking a marker and going to, okay, what do I actually, in all this copy, what do I have to draw? Oh, it's this, you know, coming through there with a highlighter. Like, just draw this part. Oh, great. But, man, getting, over, getting past that and being able to just do whatever the hell I wanted to was like, Thank God. Working with other people. (laughs) It's why you do your own comics. (laughs) I know. I know. It's like, I don't know that I'll ever work with another writer again at this point. It's like, you know, I'm an old dude. I don't need to, I don't need this for a variety of reasons. So why why put yourself through a double size issue again? Like just, it seems like you don't like doing them, but then you it seems like you also like doing it's, it's them. It's like it because the anniversary came rolling around, and it was and it's also a weird ass anniversary. It's like it's it's the thirtieth anniversary of the ongoing book. It's actually thirty one years of the character being introduced in Image. But it's like, oh, I missed that other anniversary, so I guess I'll celebrate this one. But in theory, in four years from now, I could do it. It just it makes me laugh because I feel like you always complain after, like, oh man, that was so tough. But you can't you can't help yourself from doing it. You like no, you do them all the time. As a kid too, because I love I love. But it is is I don't like I don't love drawing and I don't love making comics. But I love having made comics. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
as a so, reader, though, those those issues it, are terrific. Got this physical thing, it's in my hand. Yeah, this is awesome. I have made this thing. <laughs> as but a reader, getting process of sitting down and drawing is like, oh my god, this is such torture. Well, <laughs> sounds know. like you you really wanted to be an editor. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know because every per- person I've ever wanted to work with is infuriating. So, well, yeah, that's the problem. You got to work with other people. I mean, there's 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 good and bad. Every now and then, I'll get one that's like, all right, well, that's all right. Raven was good to work. With. He was good. Hey, right. <laughs> that one was that one was nothing but fun. But there's that's been a sweet. few where I'm like, what what do I even do? R- Raven's a pleaser. Different. I do my best. Uh, I was amazed to just to, you know to learn about how that was plotted and to see Raven's pages come through. It was like, wow, that was pretty pretty damn cool. It was magic it's, for it's, me too. It's, it's fun to do that. I don't even remember. Did I give you a plot? Did I write some out? You gave me a plot. Yeah, and it was I, like it was like you said. You just you know, uh, Angel and uh thunderhead are sitting down uh they're talking uh it's flirtatious and like that i was like they're at a There's cafe my <laughs> and, uh, what are they saying oh we'll just have to wait and see yeah <laughs> and i remember thinking i was like i, I was like ooh. i was like I where gotta, is this going yeah, I like, I, he forgot i gotta draw their faces well i was so amazed when you told me like i, I don't know what the dialogue is like i just <laughs> you know i just drew it and i found out when i saw it it was like holy shit crazy because yeah, it I, doesn't look that way it looks it looks like you yeah, knew what they were saying that's the challenge of, of writing to somebody's art is you go okay looking at what their their expression is i'm i, I have to come up with something that fits that if he's having him doing something else i'd be like all right i gotta fit something that has to do with something else and it just becomes this it's like putting together a puzzle. It's when you get the pages, like, how the hell do I make this work? <laughs> um, you know, it's like those three Deadly Duo stories. All I was doing was changing out who the villain was and who the, the guest star hero was. But other than that, I was sending him the same script, <laughs> thinking That's one so of them cool. they deliver. And it turns out all three of them The one time they all... <laughs> the one three that all... Three showed up to the dance. It was like, okay, that now, was really fun, now, though. That now was what am I going to do? Now it becomes a three is perfect. If two of them had shown up, that would have been kind of a drag. But like three, then it becomes like a really like a recurring gag, and it's like, ah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it that was, was great. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah, it worked great. It worked perfect. Yeah, that's a fun way to do comics, but. Yeah, this hundred page thing is creeping up on me like really, really quick. Quick. <laughs> like, oh, I'm working on the issue before that. This is gonna be fun. So I'll either do super quick style and just do a bunch of pages of whatever Carl Cosmic. Carl Cosmic, does. he's always a crowd pleaser. I mean, those those are fun and and those go pretty fast. I can usually do a, a six pager in a day. Um because <laughs> they're just super simple one of those the last one i did i drew uh print size i just did it on eight and a half by 11 paper just with a with a marker like, here you go <laughs> so this is <laughs> the lead story's got to be good the rest of it is like 
Okay. You get some uh, Adam Pruitt funnies back. Those are always a nice yeah. one page. Yeah, hasn't put one of those together in a while. Lean on Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Step up. I actually don't have anything to write in the back of my next issue. So I'm going to have to knock on his door. <laughs> Some things just kind of miraculously fall out of the sky. It's oh, beautiful. Hey, do you have any place to run this? Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, and sometimes those things kept, have kept me going in, in, in times where I'm really sitting there going, oh, I don't know if I got any more, man. They'll be like, yeah, but you're running this 10-part Vanguard story and Frank's on his issue eight. <laughs> I guess I can't just stop here. I don't want to, kind of, I don't want to disappoint Frank. It's kind of terrifying to hear this from you. Like, I never thought that you were like so many times like, oh, just stop here. Yeah. I mean, it's it's eventually it'll just be death that ends me. <laughs> As is oh, all. Good. Now I can rest. But I don't imagine that'll, that'll ever actually happen that I'll do that. But it's always in my brain somewhere. <laughs> Dude, you could just go to Spain right now with your wife and have a good old time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be fine. <laughs> we've been wondering. We've been uh, we've been thinking. You know, uh, I, if I think I recall something, uh, didn't you say she's retired now? Oh, she's been retired. Yeah. So does retirement ever? I only say this because I work around a bunch of much older people, and all they talk about is retirement twenty four seven. It's all. It's yeah. like every day I'd be like, "Hey, how many years, Steve? All oh, two, <laughs> one," and it's like. It's all they think about. It's the old retirement bug. Is it? Is it? Is it creeping in? You thinking about yeah, it? The problem is, I don't have any other life. <laughs> this is all I've got. Like, like, what are your hobbies? Well, I draw and write comic books. Right. So, what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? I'd probably be doing some shitty Savage Dragon comic that doesn't. <laughs> You know, but it would just be it would be way cruder because I wasn't feeling like, oh, I've got to it's got to be at a certain standard in order to, to be in print. It would just be like, I don't know if you guys ever saw like those those like last Steve Ditko. Oh, the Mr. A or that, what? the ones that uh, that Robin Snyder. Saw, the, like, yeah. Public yeah. Thing. And when like he was the, on his like Ann Rand oh, rants. They're they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean you don't want to be disparaging, but they're just like minimal effort comics. Like here's just my for hero. him, basically, right? He's called the hero, and he uh, wears the lamest costume, and he has the lamest fights with the lamest villains. And it's like I don't even know what I don't even know what you're doing, other than all you've known how to do your entire life is draw comics. And you can't do anything but that. And so that's how you entertain yourself. You're just continuing to draw comics. So I think, you know, when I'm I'm old and and supposed to be retired, I'm just going to be sitting there poolside still drawing comics. (laughs) They'll just be be old Steve Ditko style. (laughs) The hero. Just don't cut up all <laughs> your original art or anything like that. What was that? 
said, don't cut up all your original art or anything like Steve Ditko. Burn it in a fire like Otley did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good job, guy. Didn't know that later on it was going to be on TV oh. and you could sell those pages for a grip of cash. It's crazy. Heartbreaking. Um, yeah. I- I wanted to mention. Uh, I, I noticed that the the pre uh, the solicitation for the second volume of the hardcover came came out. Are you act have Have you already worked on volume two? Are you actively working on it to get that ready to go? And you know what can we I expect? Sh- I should be. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to have like a, a sketch when I, section when I and everything? In a bunch, when I scanned in a bunch of sketchbook stuff uh, for the first one. There was stuff where I'm like, well, this would this would be better in the second volume because it really doesn't it really doesn't apply here. But um, the second one has will have a lot less sketchbook stuff just because there's a lot less material. And um, for the first one, I I was figuring out what I was doing. I had no idea. Like, oh, what are the what do the background characters look like? What do my villains look like? Right. You know, Overlord, I, on his first appearance, I'm drawing him from behind because I didn't even know what his costume looked like. So I'm, I, I haven't turned him around. So, and I'm sitting here drawing multiple versions of him. Like, oh, what's he going to look like? So um, in later ones, there's not as much material. I was making photocopies of my pencils the whole time. Because I needed it for uh, just in case they get lost when I'm sending them off to Chris to, to letter. So I've got a bunch of those. So if if there's something that's that's crazy looking in there, I can be like, oh, here's something. Check this out. Uh, but even going on the backs of my pages uh, for the later original art, looking on the backs of those, a lot of them are clean. But I was like, I wasn't figuring anything out. I kind of had a bunch of the characters were kind of dialed in at that point. So uh, the sketchbook definitely uh, slows up quite a bit. Um, but there's weird stuff I can do. Like, hey, just check out this weird thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. That's I'm going to be opening a lot of boxes very shortly. It seemed like uh, volume one did really well. It was on a lot of like the top lists for sales for collections. And uh, some of those uh, websites were selling out like uh, those trade websites. Um, you got to be pretty super, happy. It's a super expensive book to put together. Yeah. So it hasn't, it hasn't broken even. I'll tell you that. Oh, it's, wow. It's pretty red because, uh, we had to recolor most of those issues and it needed right. to be recolored. So looking at uh, uh, subsequent volumes, there's less to recolor, but there's still, there's still stuff. Yeah. So it may come to a point where I'm just scanning in comics and trying to clean them up, which I mean, the end of that book, that's what it was. Uh, you know, the backup stories were all, Scanned right. in from comics and cleaned up, and it was—it's all right, you know. It, it the the nice thing about it is that it's exactly what saw print, and it's you know really really close to that. 
Whereas when somebody's trying to match it by looking at it, it's it's tough. Um, you know, some of the colors in where they recolored it, I was like, oh, that's not as not as bold as it was. Some of the the original color was just, you know, the darks were darker and the the contrast was a lot more than it was. Uh, there were more more K tones in the original. So we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. You know, if I'm scanning in comics and cleaning them up, then then that'll happen. We'll cross that bridge when we can do it. But uh, yeah, so I got my work cut out for me. I got a lot of stuff to do between oh these. 100 pages she what an idiot it's <laughs> <laughs> like hey remember fantastic comics here's 13 pages of samson you love him <laughs> i don't think you ever reprinted those tootsie issues you know there's that yeah Burn right i'm the- scanning actual captain tootsie comics <laughs> it's public domain right? yeah it's public domain yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't get all that, that Rex Dexter comic. I haven't scanned in all that. There's still plenty of Daredevil that's never seen. There you, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at, at what point do you just go, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that. So, yeah, I wish I had more super early unpublished Dragon comics, but. A lot of that doesn't exist anymore, so there's only so much I can do. Uh, what do you um? What are you expecting, or what do you think in your head for when we'll see Ant return? Uh, I know we kind of closed out kind of the first chapter with issue six. Hopefully by the end of the year, but I've got, since I've got this hundred page issue and the second whatever. I can never remember the name of those books. What are they? <laughs> ultimate? Is it Ultimate? Ultimate Edition. Ultimate Collection. That just doesn't roll off my tongue. The ultimate Collection. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, there it is. In all its beauty. <laughs> I've got one here somewhere. Somewhere. I don't know. Oh, there's one way in the back. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, and I've got in the... In, the invincible one, because I was like, it should look something like this, right? <laughs> it's something else entirely. But... <laughs> anyway, yeah. So it's it it just ends ends up being so much stuff that working on Ant is gonna going to be put aside for a little while while I just put out these major fires and then uh, get back to it. But I'll probably just do it on the on the, the tablet just because I think it's faster. And I wanted it to be inked with a deadline and I can't <clears throat> I can't really do a deadline with uh, real paper. Because even like the Pentel Rolling Rider, which is what I've been using predominantly, it just ends up being thick and thin depending on how much you're pressing and how much you're not. Uh, I don't know. 
don't know. Maybe it's something I shouldn't concern myself with. But I <laughs> you got a really nice write-up in uh, the Comics Journal, right? The the one yeah, that really that praised weird? your coloring. That was awesome. <laughs> I, no, I, I think we all agree. Like the coloring yeah. is phenomenal. It's coloring not something that you see anymore in comics, and it's just kind of like really interesting. Well, yeah, it's fun to do. Um, I don't always think I'm great at it, but and there's places in every issue where I go, oh, that, that was a bad choice. But <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> I think so six and. Like, Six in particular yeah, like was this fantastic. panel here, like I'm just going, ah, oh, that guy is too dark. <laughs> if he was a little lighter, you could actually see that that was a person. Uh, I mean, whatever. Most of the time, I'm I'm all right with it. I'm glad I've I'm I've worked knockouts in into this because I wasn't using knockouts in the first few issues very much, and suddenly the last couple, I'm like, ah, oh, screw it, I love knockouts. Let's just go to town on knockouts. So that's that's more fun. <laughs> definitely, yeah, good. Go ahead. No, you no, go. No. Oh, I was gonna say it definitely sets the book apart from other books. Like you know, there's tons of superhero comic books out there. This one's very like experimental, like loose, funky mm-hmm. coloring, and it's just fun to look at. Yeah, well, that was that was the notion was I'd I had Dragon, which looks one way, and I just didn't want to have another book that that you could go, oh, look, they're the, it's the same thing. It's just more the same. So, like, I, I like doing that style and that one issue of Savage Dragon a million years ago. Yeah. So I thought, all right, let's just try this out. I know it, it could go quick, but then I eat up all this time coloring it. So <laughs> it's not, my coloring process is just so... Okay, try this color out. Okay, that doesn't work. I'll try this color out. Okay, that doesn't work. I'm, it's I just don't have a formula really figured out. And then I'm having a uh, I'm having Mike do uh, whatever you call this. What what's what he do? Flats. Mm-hmm. But I'm having him do gray flats. So because I didn't want to be influenced by his color choices. That's awesome. Okay. So just right? the shade, so, like the tone. Yeah, it's just different things of gray. And every now and then he'll do, do some page and he'll be like, there was so much going on here that I couldn't find a, a different gray. So I made these guys yellow. I hope that's okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, they're, they're, I really want, like, just give me the shapes. I don't want, I don't want to be sitting here going, oh, that's a cool color green. I guess I'll use that. Because I wanted to feel like, no, this is this is me coloring it. These are my choices. So that's what that was all about. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's, uh, keeps maybe. it interesting, I guess, for you. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's fun, and I I enjoy coloring. It's kind of mindless but time consuming. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a perfect description of it. Right, you can really zone the fuck out coloring something. Yeah, you just like there we go. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's a lot. I, of, it's a lot of work. That article was great, though. I'm glad that you got the the credit for that. Like that somebody you know outside of the 
your fan community. I, I really, maybe this guy is one of your longtime fans. I don't know, but don't, uh, just yeah. Every neat. now and then, a fan will become a person in, that's <laughs> reviewing stuff, and it's like, all right, <laughs> positive stuff. And somebody who's not just saying, just bitching about stuff. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, the 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 guys who've decided, I I I really want to hate you. So I'm going to go out of my way to find a reason to hate you and then just harp on that forever. It's like, God, God, man. Such a waste of energy. Yeah. It's such a waste of time. It's such a waste of energy. And they eventually find me on Facebook and I immediately block them. And that's, the <laughs> you know, and it's like, this is the life you built around this. Okay. That, that's awesome. Have you, that, uh, God, Raven? No, time. I was just going to say they get that weird charge out of the interaction. And even if it's negative, like for them, it's a victory. Even if it is negative, they'd be like, oh, I got blocked. And it's like, who gives a fuck? It took yeah, like two, no, it took like, two that's, seconds. That's winning to them. It's yeah. like, yeah, I was so right that he blocked me. So, <laughs> you know, I, just, I just don't want to coexist on the same planet and I can make you disappear. So, right. <laughs> Yeah, a victory. <laughs> yeah, it's like Greg. this is how little you matter to me. You're gone. Yeah. You find that <laughs> since leaving Twitter, it's kind of been a better kind of choice been, for you, or better. There, I mean, there's still weird spam things that show up on Facebook. Yeah, but you know, and there's still guys on Facebook who are like, oh, I, I want to say this one thing and I want to be angry and I'm just going to be a dick. And, but it's the same effect. Like, Oh, all right. Right. I'll block you. And then you're gone forever. That was easy. <laughs> right. I find that like Facebook, you kind of like are in your same little Island. The good thing about Twitter is you can kind of reach out a little bit. More people can kind of pick up on what you're doing or stuff, but then you get the trolls and everything a, a lot more with that. Yeah, so it's, it's kind so- of a catch. It's and good. it's and it's so much worse as soon as as soon as Elon was in charge. Then it was like, let's let in everybody that's been kicked out. It's like, well, fuck, those guys are all assholes. <laughs> and then now we're gonna and it and I mean, I'm not on there. I don't have some weird alternate name. But you know, if you're if you get an email from something and they've got a Twitter, they're like. They, this guy said this about you on Twitter and they link you, you can click on that and suddenly you're looking at Twitter for a second. Ugh. And it's like, you, every now and then I'm like, oh, I should get on here just so I can correct all these people <laughs> saying this stupid shit. Uh, it's so annoying though. It's They're such a so waste wrong. of your time. Right? Yeah. And it's like, I can't put out every one of those fires and, and they, they grow exponentially. I get like angry for you when people say things like as a reader and like, I, I think I have good taste and I think your comic books are awesome and the greatest thing, but then you read some opinion that's completely opposite. And I get everyone has different opinions, but sometimes it's just like, you asshole, you don't even read it. And this is what you think. And like, then you get yourself, like I've had to stop myself and I'm like, I can't even imagine being a create, like being the person actually is the one putting it down on paper and having to like deal with some of this, Never mind just being a fan and listen to it. You know, it's like, it's so net, it's so unnecessary and just a waste of time. And yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. That's, 
and all of it. It's just it, it, you just tend to confuse the Twitter community with the community at large, and it's like you know most of your fan base yeah, probably is not even yeah, on Twitter. And that's <laughs> and that's it exactly. It's like the online community is everybody thinks, oh, this stuff matters. You know, it's like the people getting outraged at, uh, at whatever, Jake Rowling or whatever. And you go, okay, well, how does that translate into the real world of people still going and seeing Harry Potter and reading Harry Potter books? And it's like, yeah, they are. They haven't, haven't, you haven't done anything, really. I mean, there's a couple movies that came out that weren't as awesome as they ought to have been. And based on properties that aren't, aren't as successful. So I, I, I guess that, that that has run its course. But, uh, you know, yeah. this, this whole thing of, oh, people are, are, are they'll never show up again. It's like, no, they won't. I mean, comedians are still going out there and selling out arenas. And you didn't, you didn't shut them out completely. You've, you know, it's very few people are, can actually be just drummed out of the business. It, it, it takes some dealing to do that. It's got to be. This is so perfect. We just naturally drifted into this zone. I thought we were going to have to force this. It's got to be so satisfying, though, <laughs> to have watched Scott Adams fucking tweet his empire into fucking dirt. <laughs> like, <laughs> just yeah. like, is that amazing? Is that a- guy... Is that the most amazing thing in the world? Is you just go, you had this career. You built this up. Nobody said, you know what we'd really like? <laughs> opinion on a YouTube channel where you can just rant. And I mean, it's like, you don't need to talk about your stepson committing suicide. You don't need to talk about none of this shit needs to be aired at all. There's absolutely no reason for that. And he's just like... He can't help himself. I can't help myself. I I gotta do this. He just kept going. And like he dodged the bullet like time and time again. And he just fucking kept going until he found that magic place. He said that magic thing and then boom. Magic thing and then boom. uh, There you go. It's like, yeah, we can't... It's to a point where we can't ignore it. We've got too many. We've we've got to shut you down. We we got thirty years out of you, and now you're a crazy person. <laughs> but now you're gone, you're like a white Kanye West. You fucking <laughs> can't keep your mouth shut. You're a goddamn maniac. God, what are you doing? There's, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't have, probably have any of those kind of opinions that are so extreme that would get me, and then have people just going down my throat other than having to show vaginas in the rear shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can it do whatever a, I Okay, great. It is amazing how upset like 40-year-old adults get at seeing nudity in comics sometimes. It's like, really? You're that upset about this? You wonder if they're they know their parents had sex. <laughs> like you didn't just show up in an egg, Junior. Yeah, what's going on here? I don't know. I mean, whatever. I can do what I want to do. I can do whatever I want. We'll see what happens. See, people get upset. I know Diamond was at one point going, 
if he keeps doing this, we're going to have to put this in the adult section. Did they say that? Yeah, at one point. Wow. Come like, on. I, I had too much, too much, uh, in too many issues in a row. It was just like 228 and then followed it with 229. It's like, oh, geez. So this Come is just going to be the way this book is now. Like, when really? you start, you start having jizz and comics and then yeah, it's body fluids. They start getting upset. It's like, look, I'm not having, <laughs> it's so it, like the, the, it's so subdued what I've done for the most part. It's just like, it's so subtle that, uh, that you can put that in like a comedy movie and people think it's hilarious. That that's yeah. what, that's what I said is like the, the, you know, come scene or whatever. It's like almost the same kind of thing happened in scary movie. No one says scary movie is pornography. No yeah. one, no one would be, <laughs> caught dead saying that and yet you have it's been six years and you have people yeah. that still talk about that goddamn issue well yeah. also i mean you've got like that that back of the panel gag of guy and duder oh that was, uh, oh, that was nobody, at the time nobody paid any attention to it or even noticed what the hell was going on and, and tried to twist it. And there was, and, and there was like worse shit has gone on in South Park. There was like way, way worse than that. Yeah. And and these guys are trying, and there's like these online trolls like, oh, this is child pornography. It's like, well, first of all, you don't even know how old Guy and Duder are. They've been in the comic for 20, 30 they years. They didn't really care. They were just trying to nail you for something. So, yeah. They plus, they weren't offended. They is just, this provocative to you? Because it's it's not drawn remotely provocative. They were just trying just, to like. Yeah. No, it's like I'm cause some I, shit I for want you. to be offended. What can I find? Oh, there's this. Yep. All right. Yeah. I feel like that was also headed by uh, what's his name, the guy that did uh, Comic Skate. No, uh, one of the guys that did one of your miniseries was it? What's his name? <laughs> Miller, Mark uh, S. Miller. Yeah, oh. he was like leading that. Like he he went off the deep end. He did. That guy's a Yeah. <laughs> that so I I think what you need to do is have a uh, a part two Savage Dragon Megaton Man, but instead have Don Simpson return and as his Anton Drek Drek persona and yeah. uh, do an erotic comic that's uh, <laughs> part Larson. Par Anton Drek, and that will really uh, that'll, uh, that'll seal that'll really <laughs> that'll show them that'll show those bastards. It just blows my mind I, again. Like I'm sorry, we'll let it go. There's not much more to say on this, but it just cracks me up. All these moral orals that are just like, can't show my nephew or my niece, and it's like, all right, you know, every kid in the world has a goddamn cell phone. And every cell phone in the world's connected to the internet. If you don't think your fucking kids are aware of what the fuck's going on, you're dumb as shit. And number two, it's like, again, just compare this to any other entertainment. I guarantee your kids are playing like fucking video games that have shit that's way more shocking than this. Photorealistic mutilation. Yeah. And I mean, and on on my end, if I'm like, wanting to up the ante every time it's like I, I reach a point where it's like 
I don't really have anything else to say on this, so I got to I got to move on to other things just because I thought it was a fun visual gag, but having those two uh, having sex in panel is like we've we've already established that that happens from now on. It'll be you know somebody being tugged into the other room. We don't necessarily need to see that at this point. Just yeah. you know. Unless I can come up with some really clever way of doing it that, that cracks me up, then it's like, all right, then I'll do it. But that doesn't happen much. <laughs> well, I think that's the charm of Savage Dragon. I feel like when you have a whim or you, you just follow whatever you like to do, and I think that's what's fun and that's what's part of the, the, the charm of the book is that there's no one telling you you can't do something and, you, you know, if you don't like the direction it's going on, wait 15, 20 issues and it'll be going in a totally different direction. Exactly. <laughs> or it'll be, have a different career doing something else or whatever it is. And that's what I love about the book is that it, you yeah, keep like, it interesting I, for yourself. I, I like that the one constant is it's still being done by the same dude. But other than that, like the entire cast could change. And, you know, and it's like, oh, here's a bunch of. We're getting all new villains starting with whatever issue it is. <laughs> it's I, like, can't, I, I can't have old villains showing up clear across the country in, in, in San Francisco. It just doesn't make any sense unless, unless they're after revenge. If, the, if that's what they want and they're just like, I just don't want this guy existing on the same planet as me, then it's like, all right, maybe that guy can show up. Like uh, the villain, the villainess in that in Raven's story, she might show up again just because <laughs> she's got nothing else going on in her life. You know, that's all she's got is revenge. But, still, you know, I don't have too many characters that, that that's all they've got, you know, <laughs> time to make but some new ones. There, there's one. <laughs> uh, whatever. What, what can I do to piss people off? <laughs> it's inevitable. It's not hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm wondering like what the reaction is going to be to, you know, the cover of them in San, uh, San Francisco. Oh, with, you know, you yeah. know, people are going to be uh, liberal Larson. Look at this. Like, look at this, how people dress. This is how his characters are going to look. Like you yeah, know, that's going to be the reaction. I like it all. It's like, oh, huh? What do you know? That's <laughs> Why didn't you do something with that? Like, oh, I'd be a cool cover. So, like, here are the San Francisco cliches. Here are the characters dressing as I want to fit in, and this is how you dress to be here. And then once you're there, actually there, it's like, oh, hardly anybody does this. Okay. <laughs> I guess I, I guess we'll dress like regular humans. I think Raven <laughs> called it when he was like, "Oh, did you see Eric was asking people like what they thought people in San Francisco dress like?" And it was like, "Oh, that's why he was asking once we saw the cover." Yeah, just and, and, yeah, that's what I do <laughs> <laughs> every now and then. I can't. I have no other place where I can ask those kind of questions. <laughs> Wait, you also you also asked um, like. 
you you were you were kind of musing yourself about what you could show on a cover that could be constituted as a spoiler. Was that about the San Francisco cover? About yeah, spoiling I mean, it them. This is like you know the, the the problem with all covers is they're all spoilers. Right. Every single one. Because it's like, oh, I thought Malcolm was in danger, but I can see that two covers from now he's still on the cover. So he must have he must be fine. You know, oh, I thought Maxine was dead, but here she is on this upcoming cover. So I guess she's all right. And that's that's the problem with with every one of these is you you end up. okay. so great. You know, I guess if I did a cover that was just Malcolm's kids, people would be like, oh, did Malcolm die? This is he's dead. It's it's his kids on the book. What's going on here? I still prefer that than any type of like pinup cover, which drives me crazy. I hate those things. Yeah, those those are you know like who cares? Okay, I get you. Really, dragons gonna be in this issue? Awesome. Look forward. <laughs> I mean, the, the nice thing about them is just that you can do whatever the hell, right? You know, it's like when I had Paul Dragon show up. I didn't want to have him on the cover fighting Malcolm on the, on the next issue. Cause it's like, well, that ruins the ending of, of two fifty of Paul dragon just being like, Hey, yeah. Right. If he's, if he's, if they're slugging it out, like the first, yeah, it was, it's, it was quite a few issues in until Paul was actually on the cover. Yeah. Right? You got to wait that like four cover. Yeah, you know, get so it through it like previews the, so you don't the ruin empty it. Gray, I think, was the uh, first cover he was on. Yeah. It, this is actually just his second cover, isn't it? The second, uh, no, he was on what 262 and 261, right? Yeah, I don't even remember those. 261, <laughs> he's breaking through the glass, then the Hornets, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Those guys are hanging out together. They're buddies. That's true. Forgot about those. Ah, oh, goddamn vicious circle. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we just be done with those guys? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't want to have anybody, I don't want to have that name uttered again. Vicious <laughs> circle. Vicious 30 years of... Going to show up. Oh, when are you going to bring him back Overlord? Hey, when's Dragon coming oh, back? Jeez. Uh, really? You're going to have Dragon back? 60-year-old <laughs> man? We got Paul yes, for that. still now. fighting crime, damn it. <laughs> the people who yeah, Paul's they they can't be, they got to be lapsed fans. They can't, they can't be readers. I don't know. It just seems like that's so different from what the book actually has to offer. Who was it who said, somebody told me, we were doing the daily reread, and the one guy's like, well, I was mad, because this, for me, was when my ideal version of the book ended. And I was like, you really wanted to like just read years and years and years of him as a cop? And they were like, yeah! And I was like, you don't think that'd be boring eventually? Well, it's crazy. Like, Malcolm's been the lead of the book almost for his, like, 75 issues almost, right, at this point? A long time. Or close to it. Like almost the first run of the image. Because um, I thought that he was the lead character before that. And then Eric Stevenson was like, 
you, you, you never really made it a point that he was the lead character. But I was like, oh, I, I kind of thought he was. You should do a cover where he's the lead character. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do a cover where he's the lead character. But if I'm going to do that, I better do a couple issues that have the other dragon in it just so you – It feels like a transition. Like switch. So, which is why I ended up doing all that dragon in space crap. Because <laughs> I got I to gotta show the other dragon doing something so that when it turns back to Malcolm, like, all right. So, like, when was – I got I to look at some covers here. Malcolm was basically We're, the main character since uh, Dragon got his brains eaten, right? That's how it felt to me. Well, doing I was the, thinking doing of the like, reread. I'm thinking like, of the cover yeah. where it's like the first issue in a brand new direction or whatever, like the the Kirby uh, pose. Cover. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the one where I, where it's like okay, it's going to be real real official for sure. But um, yeah, like what, what was it? Yeah, I got to go ninety something. At all the covers because I don't remember all these covers off the top of my head. So lame. Well, <laughs> there is 265 of them. So yeah, there's there's 190, 190. Remember like three covers back. Oh yeah, Paul Dragon was on a couple of covers. Oh, shit. <laughs> 193 was uh, the first issue in a bold new direction. 193. Yeah. 193, but Malcolm. Yeah, like once, it's pretty much since 150, it's been Malcolm's. Yeah, 193 is where you where you change the logo, but yeah, yeah Malcolm has been Malcolm's been predominant since like yeah, uh, back in but Blue. like Dra- Dragon dies again in <laughs> 150, where where. Uh, Overlord blows him away. Right. Yeah. And then they have to put him back together again. And then dragons the the the, the venom dragon for a little while. Yeah. And then, I guess one ninety three is just like he's out like it's you know, like you said, it was just kind of like a clear signal like this yeah. is Malcolm's book. And that's what I yeah. that's why I think but, of it that way. Yeah, but you know, when there's all the Emperor Curse stuff, it's like dragons the bad guy in those. Yeah, like, right. It, Malcolm's and the virus the stuff where it was yeah. like, it's not really dragon. Right. It's like it's a virus. And then we get, you know, Malcolm and, and Wildstar and all that stuff. So I was like, this is, this is Malcolm's book. And then, and then Eric's like, dude, <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> I, I see. It. it was a good call, at least for like sales or trying to bring in some more readers yeah. for the book. It's, I mean, it's like, yeah, let's give him his own. You know, Malcolm oriented logo and do that Letterman style uh, logo for a little while. And then eventually yeah. it's like, all right, I got to give him his real logo back. <laughs> uh, it's always cool, though, that he got like, you know, feels like real comics, like he got a different logo for a period. <laughs> you know, I mean, it is real comics, but it feels like old school comics, like where, all right, we're going to give Hulk this different logo or Thor or whatever, but then we're going to go back or. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. And then doing the, now I've been doing the welcome to Toronto. Now I'm doing the welcome to San Francisco. <laughs> Be able to kind of do that as a recurring theme there. The, the, the other thing that blew my mind as I was kind of researching and looking up 
things to talk to you about um, is that the kids are like, I, don't know, I think they're six or seven now, which is I yeah, think the old. same age as Malcolm on the 101 cover where he's like kicking max damage in the nuts or something. I forget what the cover, the cover is him kicking max damage, but it was like, to me felt like the kind of first, like, you know, Malcolm was kind of out of the picture and then it's like, Oh, now he's like becoming part of the book as a, like a character. And it's like, wow, this is the same age as like the kids are now. It's like, it's just hard to believe that they're already that age. Almost eight. There'll be eight September. Yeah, so, and it's like that's like and, uh, and Maddie starts kindergarten in September. <laughs> oh, no. So they were sitting there going, "Oh, if we uh, if we're gonna move, we should move, you know, so that so that Maddie's starting a new school with new kids and blah blah blah." So she's starting fresh. It's just uh, the kids are looking like purple flannel Malcolm now. They're getting to that age. It's just it's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, and then now it's like okay, we gotta start start working on those personalities a little more, so we get a little more of a sense of okay, well, who's Jackson as opposed to what's Tyrone? What's he into? What's he all about? And all this other stuff. Get there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> They're like Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Right now, it's sort of like Amy's the only one who really stands out as her own person. Yeah, she's like the leader. She's she's kind of distinguished herself by befriending a giant tiger. (laughs) (laughs) She's pretty fearless. You've given Tyrone some uh, moments where he seems to be mechanically inclined. Yeah, he's a little more. He's a little more that. And then, uh, yeah, I can't talk about Jackson because that issue's not out yet. But he's he he starts going off in his own little. Cool. It'll be really cool to see. So, so, and Maddie's <laughs> Maddie's lightning powers. So. Yeah, Maddie has lightning powers. So basically, what I wanted was I wanted to be able to have a girl dragon that was beefy like Malcolm, and a girl dragon that was skinny like Maxine. Oh, that's cool. Later cool. Days. So like when they when they flourish eventually and become their own, you know, something, then it's like, all right, this is can be a real visual. Oh, that's awesome. Now yeah. all we need is Fonty to sprinkle some magic dust and make them grow up real fast in two <laughs> issues. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> such a cheating thing. <laughs> Just like, oh, let's do this. Toss, toss them into Dimension X for ten years. We'll uh, get back to them, and when they're adults. Yeah, yeah, that was another like just me being a lazy guy. Like, I don't want to do that that long, difficult raising children thing. So let me just sidestep that by doing this little sleight of hand. We've got uh, Michael Jackson's son in there too, or someone. Someone's hand came up out of that grave that could possibly <laughs> another dragon child in Dimension X. Yeah, go. <laughs> well, Lorella's got a whole gaggle of them. Oh, that's true. Europe too. or somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, none of those guys have powers. These are yeah, they're, they're all just, just regular Krylons. <laughs> Boy. Well. 
I think uh, I think we said it all. Unless you guys have some no, more. No, I think, uh, I think I, we've been going. I think we for took almost, a lot of your time. Almost three hours. So this was one of our wow. epi- epic that interviews. Went, yeah, that I can't wait. For did that not feel bill. like three hours. A dinner bill never came. Yeah, <laughs> this never happens. <laughs> we awesome. never beat the dinner bill. <laughs> yeah, this that's it. I think she may she may just be like you told me you're on a podcast. You told me you guys go for a while, so. You can just come out and call dinner. Well, we apologize if you miss dinner. But, uh, Whatever. Whatever. Dear it's listeners, always... we, we could see him getting weaker. <laughs> famished. <laughs> famished. Oh. <laughs> what am I doing here? Less hand gestures. Yeah, still, you know, I, I still love making comics. I still love having comics. I still, I still like the ideas of, of, you know, I may not know what I'm going to do next issue, but. I know what I'm doing, you know, 10 years down the road and where I want to, where I want some of these characters to be at that point. So there's a, there's a lot of that. That's, that's definitely there. Um, it's cool. So, it's, it's just cool to see somebody who's been doing it for so long, remain passionate. And it's just cool to see you highlight ta- like new talents, like Simon and still experiment in new ways. Like when we when we flip through 264, it just feels fresh and exciting. And I mean, I don't know. It's fucking crazy that you're just still kicking the ass of people who are just getting started. I'm just like, these new guys should have fresh blood in their veins. Like they should be kicking your ass. But the, you're, the, you're kicking the their ass. What bothers me more is, is, is the writing end of comics where people are like, let's do this as a six-part story. That drives me up the wall. And, and in some ways, Savage Dragon and older comics have have ruined new comics for me. Because I'm just like, what did they do? What did they do this issue? Oh, they went from here to here? What the hell's that? That's nothing. I just told 30 years of somebody's backstory. <laughs> like, geez, man, get somewhere. <laughs> what, are you, what are you even doing? You know, I like that. I like that. I have that pressure all the time. Of, you got to cover a month's worth of material. What what goes on in this month? You know, or just have there be huge spaces of time where nothing happens, essentially. Which, you know, now that all the vicious circle guys have been rounded up, that's sort of how, how, how Toronto has become <laughs> And there's nothing much for me to do here. Right. So let's, let's move on to, to uh, another start. super villain hotspot. Yeah. Let's make this into something. Have the Bay Guardian show up again. Yes. Yeah. He's the first one, <laughs> Young Blood recruits. Yeah. <laughs> It is really exciting. Like, you know, we were really bummed with last year not getting much. But, you know, after these first two issues this year, it's like, I feel like, I don't know, like you haven't missed a beat. They've they've been some of the funnest comics to read. Uh, I just thoroughly enjoy them. We sit here and we just talk our asses off about them, especially the last issue. You know, we had so much to say and talk. Like, it's funny, you read a book, you read it twice, and then when you sit down with a couple of friends and chat about it, and it's like all the things we can pick out and, and enjoy and read, you know, and read between the lines, or Easter eggs or whatever it is. It's like, it's what just, is this? What's going on here? <laughs> so good. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah. 
Thank you for making the best damn funny book on the shelf for 30 years. I'm, I'm going to make some more. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> ah, awesome. I just got to get over that 300. I just want to get on to 301 and 302. <laughs> and then, the, then the pressure will be off. You can actually yeah. start making comics. Yeah. I, as, soon as, as soon as I'm past 300, then it's like, okay. All right. Then you're gonna want to hit all those milestones that you hit on Amazing Spider Man and you know three thirty is gonna and then (laughs) don't never see (laughs) Yeah, just to get to two eighty seven, which was my first Spider Man. (laughs) I'm I'm doing the first one when I was doing Spider Man. <laughs> I got to get Walt Simonson to do me a three thirty-seven cover that I could just Compare, sit there. Yeah. And get the like, All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you better be alive, you son of a bitch. All right, yeah, well, I know. Yeah. There's stuff I'm just itching to get to, so well, we can't wait. Stuff. Yeah, uh, fantastic. <laughs> well thanks right, for your time i really appreciate it we all appreciate it um it's always a pleasure thanks for being so free with your time and indulging us um hopefully yeah, thanks. We'll thanks for having me guys see you again maybe in the six issues or something like that and yeah, do it all over again it doesn't need to be a huge gap if you, if you guys are like let's let's make this happen i'm I, i'm fine chatting with you guys so anytime you want to do it Sounds good. Just, I appreciate that. Cool. All right. Well, go eat your cold dinner. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ding a ding. Later, guys. See you. Bye.